people who wouldn't understand. Genocide, the method of systematic extermination of a people. Think of the historical precedent. Oh, I, I fully understand your author's pride. But from a practical point of view, this little mixture of mine is as lethal as cyanide. And as selective as a lady buying perfume. You'll just work on the black folks. Leave the rest of us alone? You better be damn sure. Just like sickle cell anemia, Mr. Fanner. And like sickle cell anemia, will not affect people of the Caucasian race. You have my personal guarantee. How fast does this stuff work? 72 hours at the most. To God, seven days to create the world. We can cleanse it. Just three. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. Mind expansion engaged. in town, recording live from COVID, COVID Central, I kid you not, COVID Central, COVID-19 in 20, I'm your host on a Monday, Debert returning, I promise you, I promise you, Debert returning, aka The Afro Nerd, and of course my partner in white collar crime, Captain Kirk, and I think, I think the uncanny may drop in. Uh, what else does he have to do? <laughs> uh, you know what's going on, our listening audience, as well as the free world. We are on lockdown, almost akin to some of the uh, ne'er-do-wells in the prison system, although, ironically, they may, let, they, they may be letting those guys and gals out because of the coronavirus. So, begrudgingly, we will talk about at least from the New York City perspective, the coronavirus pandemic. And then we'll talk about other things. Life still continues, at least for the duration. Life is still going on. So I think it's imperative that we keep our spirits up and that we 
not just dwell on everything that's doom and gloom. So, again, there's a lot to cover. And um, let's get into the music. You know, that still goes on. I'm going to chime in like uh, DJ Nice. DJ Nice. DJ, uh, D-Nice, DJ Nice. Well, he was DJ. DJ D-Nice, classic hip-hop artist from BDP Productions, KRS-One's outfit. He's, he's garnered quite a following as a DJ. Uh, 30-plus years ago, he was more known as a, a really a, an exceptional lyricist, a hip-hop performer, but he's found new life as a celebrity DJ. And because of this COVID situation, he garnered like 100,000-plus people on his IG page performing the hits. I mean, real music, real music, uh, different types of music, and some of the stellar folks, I mean, from uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama and uh, Ellen, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, I mean, everybody and anybody was were they were in there so let's get to let's do what he was doing let's channel a little bit of that and we'll get into a lengthy discussion we've been we've been gone for quite some time so we got we got about three hours why not uh let's go to a new jam that i discovered the artist is called dornick dornick featuring gavin turek ms gavin turek um i we played her before but this particular jam, it's new, but it certainly sounds like 1989, kind of a New Jack remix or New Jack for 2020. Let's groove. Dornick, do you wanna? We'll be right back. Have you ever known a girl like me? 
21st century of what what many are familiar with as the New Jack Swing. It sounds like something that Bobby Brown would have covered or Babyface circa 1989, 90, 91, 92, that kind of thing. Anyway, once again, Dornick featuring Gavin Turek, Do You Wanna? Anyway, folks, we're black, back, live and direct, COVID Central. I kid you not. I'm your host, D-Bird, a.k.a. The Afroner. We have returned, and I'll explain that uh, in a minute. But first, let me bring this gentleman in. He is a stalwart and an integral part of the Afroner radio machine. You know him very well. And I'm going to beam him from a place where they do not have the COVID virus, which means it's certainly not on this planet. <laughs> so he's on Rigel something something. Captain, you needed on terra firma. Make sure you're suited up right. Captain, you're needed. Let's get to it. Right into the afternoon, or 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 we we got warm up. What we gotta do? Well, let's warm up for a minute because we gotta give some uh, exposition. And I don't want to be too wordy, but we do have some time because folks are wondering, well, what the hell happened? Well, look, COVID happened on some level, not to to for, <laughs> at least for the moment. I don't think we have the virus. Okay, that's number one. But I mean, be, we're literally at the epicenter in New York City 
or, or the boroughs, dare I say, of this epidemic, this pandemic, and New York is not necessarily faring that well. So between our day gigs, the corporates and what have you, all of us have other additional gigs beyond this hobby slash wannabe gig. And, um, you know, we had to make some accommodations. So between that and also before it really hit New York hard, we were already frustrated, as the audience definitely knows, with the tech issues with with blog talk. And we had already had uh, discussions with a gentleman broadcasting out of Georgia that has his own software, his own program. And he, he, he finally got that straightened out literally, literally as this as I'm making my own transition to working home and 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 again for the duration because we don't know how that's going to work out either. I mean, it's, you know, everything is really up in the air. But for the duration, I am doing everything at home, which wasn't necessarily the case. So I had to do deal with that. The captain had 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 also travails to deal with. All of us had things going on. Uh, and then I was also looking at another program. Another platform, so two platforms, another platform for for um, working from the residents, and and you know, all that's going on. So, and, and then you're also look, we're also trying not to get this virus, and we're we're you know we're paying attention to what our governor is say, telling us. Um, so just to be just to be completely candid, it's some pretty scary times. Captain, are you moving? Your mic's moving a bit? No. Okay, I'm hearing like some rust, rustling with your mic. Okay, it's gone. All right. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Uh, okay, so anyway, um, those are the things that are going on w- with some of the things that are going on with us. Um, we're adjusting like everybody else, and it's pretty frightening. That's it, as far as what's going on with you know behind the scenes. I mean, I'll say just one other, one other thing, because we we want to also press the visual component to the Afro Radio machine. I ran into a buddy of mine a few about a month ago now, a month and a half. Again, I have to measure my measure my time with when this uh, coronavirus hit. As a gentleman that I'm friends with, that I met at the comic shop, uh, a, a number of local comic shops that I go to, but it's a few that I favorite, and he's kind of burgeoning into into the media space and he was on um on wheel of fortune and he's doing a couple of things and he's he's, he's a really dark you know diehard nerd and he said hey man are you still doing this doing your afro nerd thing he said yeah he said well look I, I there's a there's this pretty swanky coffee house in long island they allow these things you know you can do this and i'll help you set it up i, I got kind of pulled over there I can um, direct you guys and bring equipment and the whole thing. Just let me know when you're ready to pull that trigger. So I check the place out, and it definitely has this steampunk kind of thing. So when you think of what uh, Kevin Smith is doing in California, um, what's the name of that place? It's something called, this is why I need Dow here, something villainy. I forgot the name of it, something villainy. But he does his podcast from kind of a, a similar place. So now, as you can expect, that place is closed indefinitely until this coronavirus thing subsides. So there's some things that are going on. Everything, everything has kind of come to a to a, to a halt. So we're, we're going to deal with this blog talk 
a few more times, but we are really making that transition to, as we said countless times, but it's, the pressure is on now because I got that call from the gentleman in Georgia. Anyway, enough of, of our stuff behind the scenes. I, I just believe in being honest with our audience. So, Captain, um, look, the, the mic is yours. What do you want to talk about? I mean, you know. All right, you want, <laughs> you want me to talk? <laughs> you see, I was going to go into a long thing with this uh, corona and tell the dumb wage slave exactly what's happening from the high and low points. But I said, no, nah, I ain't going to do that because I need the wage slave to scoff at me. Why do I need the wage slave to scoff at me? Because when the wage slave scoffs, he dumps energy into me, raising my frequency, makes me making me smarter. What do I mean by that? Captain is not a normal human, has been tinkered with. I would say, of course, you're scorping right now, but I am like a military experiment. One of the main reasons why the captain has only a high school diploma and can talk all this scientific acumen at beyond doctorate level was because he was tinkered with. Let me explain. You understand Borg technology. Borg, the captain had a scientist replicate himself in me, different phenotype, at a lower frequency. That means energy times frequency times Planck's constant, meaning which I am the scientist, but I have to gain the energy to start being able to do the things that he does. This puts this put me ahead of humans, per se, all right? So I'm an experiment, all right? And the experiment is working out very well so far, by the way, just to tell you, yep. So that's one of the main reasons. One of them. There's other, there's other reasons, too, but that's one of the main reasons. I'm not like you. I look like you. I move like you. I talk like you. That's one of the main reasons. I can stargate to information you can't. I could do certain things that the scientist being himself put into me. I just got to grow into it, so to speak. And if you don't understand Borg technology, because we're sharing a collective, you got to understand this aspect also. Uh, Lex Luthor, you remember the clone Superman, if you've seen that on TV, on Titans, I believe when certain things would just pop up into his head. Why? Because of the epigenetic transfer from Lex Lucifer. Same thing with the captain. That's what's happening. That's what's going on. Now, that being said, because I want you to scoff at me, this is the thing. This particular scientist has put out a decree to the world. He says, 40, what is it, $40 billion, I believe, to the uh, United States and a billion dollars to China. China may get together with their uh, billionaires, and they pay it. Who knows? And they become your masters because of all the scientific acumen and all the other stuff. I doubt very much if the United States is going to pay $40 billion. But now, let me tell you something. Forget about all of that. Because that's just you. You're going to say, oh, whatever, whatever. That's scoffing. That's good. I want you to scoff. Here's the protocol for your survival. This virus ain't nothing, man. They got viruses coming behind us that's going to really devastate humans. If you notice the attack on this coronavirus, most of the people recovered is the people with bad lungs. They're going to die. You smokers, you're going to die. Get rid of you anyway. Why are you smoking, you idiot? 
all right, and also the very old. Now, why is it that the old people do not recover like a person like 19? You'll say, oh, they're young, but there's a reason. One has to understand this. I'm going to tell you, tell you something right now that's ahead of every scientist on the planet right now. The underlying reality on every science that you pick up is quantum mechanics. And energy can be created and destroyed. That's all you got to understand. And you can build from there. All right? Now, a young person will use David Sinclair's work. David Sinclair, the brilliant biologist, will say, 34, 60, and 78. The proteins change in the body when you're 34, 60, and 78. That's great. Proteins. He's a biologist. But what makes the proteins change? It's energy. Going even further. But he's only a biologist. He's only going to go but so far. The shamans before him said the phase change was 21 34, 60, and 78. David Sinclair would say 34, 60, and 78. So it's pretty much the same except for the 21. What happens at 21? Below 21, you're attuned to the positive rolling force. That's what you're attuned for. When you're young, you're 21, you're running around. All right? When you hit 34, you're more attuned. You start to attune to the negative rolling force. Hence, though the athlete may be stronger, he doesn't run as fast. You see that with athletes all the time. Just solve that for you. You see what I'm saying? Just solved it. It's the flip. It's the decadence flip between the positive rolling force and the negative rolling force at 34. Athletes normally at 34, they'll lose a step or two steps or three steps, depending on who you are. You're not as fast. You're faster when you're 23, 24, if you haven't noticed even even you listening right now. Now, the question is, can we make a person who's 78 years old attuned to the positive rolling force and let the planet pump him back up to what he should be? That's a whole other thing. That's the reason why the younger person does not get as sick. You understand? Now, I explained that to you. That's easy. You can follow that. You don't need to be a genius for that. That's easy. What you can get into is why I know. The reason why I know is because why I told you in the beginning, I have been tinkered with. I'm not a normal human. So I can stargate the information. I know a lot of stuff. Now, if I want to know it. Next, here is the protocol. Not for the, this virus. You're going to get past this, man. But they got nasty stuff coming later on. You got that elk virus. You got a few other. These viruses are nasty, man. They jump to humans after they play around in a lab or whatever. Now, proven. This is not snake oil. It's not what, not what I'm making up. Ozone therapy. Well, first, let me say this. Let me, let me just have a little fun now. U.S. military, send a billion dollars, put it in my account, and I'll get you right. Don't worry about it. No viruses will attack you. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, proven. Proven. Not by me. Look up the information. You want the scar for the captain, the captain don't know anything. Look it up. Ozone destroys viruses. That's just one. That's one. Now, let's keep going now. Garlic and the active form of garlic. This has been around for a long time. Destroys viruses. Look it up. Look it up. Next, 
and this this one is bad. It should be in all hospitals. Copper destroys viruses. Copper, the regular copper, copper ain't only inexpensive. Should be all in your house, all in your hospital. You got made in China, in all in your house. <laughs> That's ironic. Destroys viruses. Look it up. Look up the information. Stop being lazy. All right, next. Injectable vitamin C. Not the little 500 or 1,000 milligrams you take in by the orally. Injected at 20,000 milligrams. What this does, let's say you're walking around, you're like a 6. All right? This is going to make your body a 10. It brings your body up to optimum level. Look it up. I'm not lying to you. You think I'm making it up. All right? That's injectable vitamin C. Next, look at acupuncture, how it works with the body. I remember years ago, I remember when Lawrence Taylor was all jacked up. They did some um, acupuncture, and then he's running around the field. I said, there we go. This is, this is what you're going to need to get it right right here. Acupuncture, if you're walking around like a 6, it makes you a 10. It's going to bring you up to the optimum level. Now, the first thing the human does says, okay, you know that. How come these doctors don't know that? Doctors are not taught anything. Doctors are set up from this perspective. The United States has the best doctors in the world, by the way. The best. If something's wrong with you, they will tell you something's wrong. It's up to you to cure it because they're not taught to cure anything. The human is a low... um, energy being. It doesn't really, if it's not taught, it has a tremendous ability for rote learning. It has to be taught, you understand, for it to come off, for it to be able to say, oh, this, that, and the third. Your doctors are taught, this is wrong, here's a pill. If you know something, when something's wrong with the doctor, what does the doctor do? He says, oh, your heart is bad. Here's the medication that treats the symptom. That's how he's taught. So the doctor's not going to know this. And what I'm telling you is proven. Look it up. And you're going to turn around and say, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing this? Now, going further, I'll go further with it. Ozone also increases your metabolism. Why does it increase your metabolism? Let's explain for the wage slave. When you inject, we go in injectable, because something called the mitochondria. You may have heard of it if you studied biology, the powerhouse of the cell. Your mitochondria was composed, composed, was made before the actual human was. They say the mitochondria was made at a time where you had more oxygen. So all humans at this given point are actually oxygen starved. And if you look on the effects of oxygen within the body and what it does, you'll see why ozone is so effective. You see, all of us. So the knock-on effect of taking ozone, if you're a fat bastard, which mostly Westerners seem to be headed towards, you're going to lose weight. So if I set up a clinic, let's say 20 years from now, just on the weight loss, that's a millionaire business. If as far as uh, killing all viruses wouldn't be done in this country, that's a billionaire business from what I just said right there. Millionaire business, definitely. You're getting ready to do the acting role. You want to lose like 20 pounds. We, we, we shoot you up with the ozone. We do the regular act, uh, regular exercise. Well, you're going to look good. That's proven. This is not what I'm telling you. So, United States, I will tell you this. 
you don't have to give it to the, the U.S. citizen. If you can let them die off, but for your military, you should employ these effects. It is proven. It's not my work. You just got to go do it. And the problem is with you, you are dumb, you are low energy, you are low scalar. You don't know what you're doing. It's right in your face. This is proven. This is nothing new. I dare you to look up the effects of copper. Rome used copper. Actually, Rome used nanotech and copper, which shouldn't be the place, which shouldn't be the case, but they did. Look it up. So I just told you, as far as this coronavirus, like a lot of people say it's a hoax. It's not a hoax. It's happening. Whole New York is locked down. You go outside in New York, you can see it's all effed up. I don't know how long before they go start uh, breaking into ATMs and stuff like that. You know, these fools will get here in New York City. So it's a real deal. But this virus is not that bad. Coming virus behind this, like the prions, the elk stuff, it's nasty. So maybe you, you, you don't have to say anything. Just implement my program. Don't be so self-important. You understand? Don't say, oh, it's happening at a high school diploma. He doesn't know. I know more than you because I was tinkered with. That's why I know. So I know. And I also looked the stuff up, and the stuff is right there. So I do know, unlike you do. You don't know anything. All right? That's that's the reality of it. So, you know, you may want to, because a lot of people are going to die in the future. Not now. Not with this. This is, this is nothing. When you see uh, the Oregon Rift drop, just always think about me, though. <laughs> Back over to you, Afrin. All right. Um, well, look, we have some listeners, uh, our stalwart supporters. I recognize their numbers. Um, I think let's let's actually get in. Let's, let's actually play a clip, and then we'll we'll just kind of just talk it out. I mean, I have a lot of information to give out there. Some that might I might be repeating myself. Um, we can kind of commiserate among other folks that also are dealing with these issues. I know we have uh, Chi-Town's Chi- 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 finest on the line, Sergio Mims, as uh, Bison, also from D.C. So, you know, look, these are epicenters. I'm sure they have their own war- war-torn stories to tell about this pretty horrific virus. Um, and I, well, I have to chime in with what the captain is also saying, that this is just the beginning. The only thing I can say is, Perhaps, be, perhaps because of this happening, maybe it may be a, a training ground. I mean, it's unavoidable that maybe this is a training ground for people to know how to kind of react when something comes comes down the pipeline that's going to be that could potentially be worse. We, we'll know we'll have the correct comportment to address it. South Korea, um, they were trending in a similar direction. Like Asia in general, seems to have gotten a handle of this, or or there's there's a flattening. That's going on now with the with the numbers, but South Korea, especially, 50 million people in South Korea, and already there's talk of the the numbers are going down by half. So each week or each each week or every other week, the numbers are going down by 50 percent, 50 percent, 50 percent, which is what you want. You want that downward trend because the expectations for a a um, a cure kind of inoculation for this thing is until 2020 and I don't, I don't think the economy can handle it so anyway uh, let me play this clip from Governor Cuomo Andrew Cuomo where he's really digging in deep with younger people we have COVIDiots I think that was trending on Twitter hashtag COVIDiots and I must agree that 
there are some folks that just absolutely refuse to do what is required to, especially in a city this big, a city that um, could really just, I mean, it, it could be hellish. So anyway, Governor Cuomo, his thoughts, and then we'll open up the lines. Hold on. Have you seen that video? Spring Breakers down in Florida, tug of war, partying, having a great time, very close together, no social distancing. Governor Cuomo said he saw that video and he was stunned to see it. And he said he just doesn't understand how young people uh, live with myths thinking they're not going to get sick from the coronavirus. Tonight, CBS 2's political reporter Marsha Kramer has that story. Thousands of college kids partying in Miami Beach like it's spring break 2019, not 2020, when all across the country extraordinary measures are being taken to stop the spread of the deadly coronavirus. If I get corona, I get corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're having day parties all day. The scenes of revelry were astonishing. Drinking, smoking, dancing, even though the beaches are closed. Nobody more astonished than Governor Cuomo. These pictures of young people on beaches, these videos of young people saying, this is my spring break, you know, I'm out to party, this is my time to party. This is so unintelligent and reckless, I can't even begin uh, to express it. Recognizing that the number of young people getting the virus and being hospitalized is now much higher than originally thought. The governor dramatized the situation and brought along his youngest daughter, Michaela Kennedy Cuomo, a Brown University senior who canceled her spring break plans. He had her reiterate the advice he gave all three of his daughters when making decisions. What is the one line I used to say? Risk reward. Yeah. What these people are doing is the risk does not justify the reward. They're putting themselves at risk. Young people can get coronavirus. That's one of the other myths. Young people can transfer it. Uh, and you can wind up infecting someone and possibly killing someone. The governor praised his daughter for making the right decision to cancel her trip and promised her a big graduation party sometime in the future once the threat has passed. I'm Marcia Kramer, CBS 2 News. Covidiots. Covidiots. Idiots, hashtag. Let's go to Sergio Mims, noted I got cineast. total contempt for young people. Total contempt. <laughs> how, many, how many times have I been challenged, have we been challenged about the idiocy of Generation Y and Z? Sometimes X. Sometimes the boomers. Yeah. But mostly right now, when you, see, when you hear that kind of language... I'm going to parties, no big deal, you know, uh, YOLO. All you have to do is tell me, oh, no classes, going home, I'm good. I ain't got to go to no beach, I ain't got to do nothing, I'd have been good. At 21, well, and I was a knucklehead at 21, but I'd have been good. I wouldn't have been going to no beach. I ain't that stupid. This, this is a special kind of stupid that wasn't like the normal stupidity that you would come across uh, decades past. You're dealing with these same people on social media, and they're not really welcoming of alternative um, viewpoints. They can't handle disagreement. I'm going to block you. I'm going to cancel you. It's these same crazy people. It's these, and, 
It's the same. It's a, you know what I mean? Like before, yeah, like you're, you're thinking, thinking because I, I would see uh, programming from from years ago. I mean, they're all on YouTube. The evidence the evidence hasn't gone anywhere. The YouTube is the guess is the excellent place for the archives. People used to be he- in heavy arguments, heavy debates. Uh, debating is an art. All of that. But these people that you can't debate them is that you don't agree with me. That's enough. You can't have certain people on on um, college campuses. The college campus is supposed to be quote unquote the safe the safe space. And we'll talk about that. There's an actual superhero called Safe Space, but we'll talk about that nonsense. We will talk about that. That's that's the safe space and Snowflake. We'll talk about it. But anyway, I kid you not. Marvel Comics. Thank you. Uh, that same mentality. That same mentality. Is is now it's it's coming to the point where your life is being threatened more directly. But decades before this, people would disagree. You can go to the college environment again, the safe space before they called it that. the The college used to be the the real safe space of ideas. But once they started calling it, started calling it the safe space. All of a sudden, that's exactly what it's not. Anyway, let me bring in Sergio Mims. Sergio, how are you? Oh, fine. During this, pan- during this pandemic. Well, okay. Well, we'll get into that. Um, you know, uh, if, in case you don't know, the governor of Illinois, J.B. Pritzker, has issued over the weekend a uh, shelter-at-home policy. Mm. Mm. Uh, you're basically confined to your house. Well, it's not against the law, but... They want you to confine your house, except you have to go to the grocery or the drugstore or, you know, a medical appointment, that sort of thing. Uh, restaurants since a week ago are dine out, I'm sorry, are carry out only. Um, but I was at the grocery store today because I had to go to the supermarket, get some things, and it was almost as full as usual. Now, I will say half the people were wearing masks, which actually does not help you. But um, um, there was kind of life back on on the streets because basically since last week, it's been like Omega Man. You know, it's been dead in the streets. Uh, The radio, my radio station has been, is closed uh, until further notice. Um, It's kind of a ghost town. Uh, But I did see signs of life back starting today. Now, I I will tell you this. Uh, In the state of Illinois, state of Illinois, uh, we have had, uh, to date, something like about 1,300. You know, let me take that back. Let let, let me go back. I I want to get the numbers right. I'm sorry. I don't want to give you inaccurate information. Okay. But I can tell you that in the last week, there have been 12 deaths from the coronavirus. And I'm like, in a state of 13 million, 12 deaths? Doesn't sound like a whole lot, considering 10 people in Chicago were shot this weekend. Here we go. <laughs> you know, uh, and that's just this weekend. There were more shootings last week. This may be closer to about 22. And I'm like, you got a better shot of getting shot in your ass than 
dying from coronavirus. Tell you something else too. Now I don't know if the captain brought this up uh, in in your in your speech in your talk, but did you mention um, did you mention ar- arsenium? No, I didn't mention it. No. Ar- arsenium because in India they've only had about three hundred and forty nine cases of of the coronavirus, only seven fatalities. Yes. And the reason why is that the government told everyone to take arsenium. What's that thing called? Arsenium. Arsenium. He told everybody to take it. Homeopathic medicine in Rwanda. There hasn't been not one. uh, There hasn't. There hasn't been a single case of the coronavirus. And the reason why is because. They tell everybody, wash your hands. There are sinks everywhere, on the streets, everywhere. Before you enter a building, before you go on a bus, go on a train, wash your hands. It is mandatory. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, uh, I wash my hands regularly on a general principle when I take out the garbage, when I pick something off the floor, before I eat. Uh, when I get vegetables from the, from, the, from the supermarket, I always wash them. Forget those little sprinklers they have there. I still wash them out or brush them off before I eat any vegetables or fruit. You know, it's common sense, folks. Well, you know, Sergio, the Sergio, the funny thing is that like you like uh, I like you wash my hands around the clock just because this pre-virus I was on to that. You know, opening up the bathroom door with the napkin and that kind of thing, especially in a corporate place. Yeah. I was constantly doing that. And also, uh, because I'm, I'm always looking at people, I did notice, because I'm also, I, I always checked out for other people's cleanliness. And yeah. many of these people failed the test. You know, if you're in the commode and you're listening yeah. to someone who's at the urinal, I would oftentimes hear someone use the urinal, then go straight to the door. No hand washing, right. nothing. Okay. Right. God forbid that. God forbid it was a number two that that was going on, and you go straight <laughs> oh, to the Jesus. door. Okay. But I've I've seen that. Um, I've also, you know, in, at company affairs when they're cooking for you, you have you have uh, all kinds of dishes and that kind of thing. Uh, our office is very much into a lot of diff- they're very heavy into diff- different cuisine, and even yeah. if it's something simple like something simple like a pizza, um, I've noticed people who. I'm the guy that people looked at as looked like a weirdo that used napkins to pull apart my pizza. This is real. Other people, yeah. I would see, I would see they would pull apart their pizza, but their hands touched the next guy's pizza. So allegedly that right. was okay. That was never okay for me. So this stuff has been okay. breeding. This has been breeding for quite some time, Sergio. Now I will tell you something here, else, and I will. Let me say. I will. Let me say. Hold, hold on, sir. Hold on, sir. Hold on. We'll bring you back. We'll bring you back. Go ahead. If you ride New York City train, chances are you will be sick, even following that type of protocol. Because everybody's sneezing and everyone's coughing and doing the wrong thing. It's just the nature of the business in that type of situation. The bus and the train. If you do not ride the bus and train, you're going to work and you follow that protocol, that's a strong protocol to follow. Chances are it's not going to happen. But the bus and the train in NYC, you will be sick somehow. I chew, cough, something's going to get you. That's just the nature of that business. That's what happens. That's what it is all year round. 
That's why these viruses do pass around because these MFs is running around doing whatever they do. Someone's going to get next to you within, let's say, eight to ten feet, and they may snort, they may um, cough, and they get, they get it gets on you. And a couple of days later, you feel yourself coming down with something. But you normally shake it off. You know, it's no big deal from that standpoint. But with this, it's a little different. That's all. That's all I'm saying, sir. Let me mention something else, and I'll bring back Sergio, and I want to bring in Bison. But, um, you know, we, of course, we're um, MCU followers, MCU devotees. And Evangeline Lilly, actress or actor Evangeline Lilly, has come out. There's even, I mean, kind of a speculative, dubious story coming out. We got it covered.com. We got it. We got this covered.com. They're reporting that, you know, she might be on the chopping block because of some, some comments she made on Instagram, where essentially she's kind of putting caution to the to the wind and saying that, you know, this is some big government conspiracy. Uh, I'm going to live my life. My children are going to live their lives. Uh, now, although she has an ailing elderly parent. I forgot what the parent has. I think the parent has like stage four, some kind of something very serious. That's like the last person you want to take. She's like the beach people we just played, the beach youths that we just played in that clip. She's saying that, you know, caution goes to the wind. I'm going to live my life. This is the big hoax. Um, you know, the influenza is, is far more deadly. And the numbers kind of, bear that out. Nevertheless, I'm going to heed what the government, what medical professionals are saying, um, that we should be practicing social distancing. And she doesn't really care about that. And there's another thing, too. There's this viral game that's going around with young folk, Generation Z folk, that are taping themselves, I shouldn't use the term videotape, or video, videoing themselves, I'm dating myself, um, in public places like CVS's, I mean the places that are that are essential, that are open, for Instagram likes, they're coughing like mad dogs on purpose just to get a reaction from people, like to have that, like to play with this thing. So you have people, young people that are coughing in public centers on purpose just to get a rise out of people and, and putting it on Instagram. That's where we are. That's where we are. So. If we're ever going to be how like the, like our South Korean brethren who've already already I think their situation popped off in mid February and by mid March it's already tapering off. Okay, matter of fact, I think even China they're opening up movie theaters now. So, but China, m mind you, I'd rather compare ourselves to South Korea as a democracy versus China, which is a totalitarian um, uh, government, communist regime. So they, they may not be the, the, the greatest, um, you know, they don't really have the kind of freedoms that we have, but South Korea is pretty close to what we, how we live, and they were able to get a handle on this thing. Anyway, uh, before we get back to, to Sergio, let's go, in, let's go to Bison from D.C. I'm pretty sure he has some D.C. stories as well. What's up, Bison? How are you, man? How are you? And I mean that in a real sense of the word. I'm well. I'm in my bunker. Okay. As am I. <laughs> uh, a couple, a couple of things. Um, I would go off, but I'm, I'm gonna say a couple of things first. Gentlemen, y'all have to be careful what y'all speaking on this on this platform. I just looked at the Times of India. 
one, you can't pass out one billion anything to India. India is too big. Um, I just looked on the Times of India as of three hours ago. Thirty states are on lockdown. They get ready to lock the country down. It's about five hundred cases, which they expect to triple in the next few hours. Two, if I was still on active duty, this is wartime, Cap, I would have took you in the back and shot you. If it was an exercise, I would have stripped you. I would have fired you on the spot. But that's another discussion. <clears throat> this is the facts right here, gentlemen. We are near economic collapse. Here, I'm not going to get into the virus portion of it because we can get past that. Y'all see what I just forwarded about, and that's just comic books, which at the end of the day, which is insignificant. The comic book shop is going to disappear overnight. Deber, you're in you're in finance, so you know what's happening. Clearly, in double digit recession, staring at the precipice of a depression. And why do you think the government's pushing all this money out? How long a thousand dollars is going to last? I don't know in New York, but where I live in Virginia, they're going to start halting collections. They can't turn off any of your utilities. I think they should go into, you know, you can't pay mortgages and rent. If you see the world scram power scrambling like this to prevent something, you cannot tell me we can't minimize what's going on. I'm not going to get into I can, but somebody close to me, very, very close to me works with this. But these are some of the models I'm seeing, I'm reading. And you don't hear this talked about too much on the regular news. I'm talking about FEMA folks, and, I mean, this is no Newsmax or something. They're talking between 750,000 and 2 million Americans dying from this. And that's why they're scrambling to put up these field hospitals and because what's going to happen, people are going to start flooding the system. And eventually, America, you know, hospitals are going to have to make life or death decisions. They're literally going to say, okay, treat him put him in the hallway or out in the parking lot to die. And, you know, we can laugh and we can poo-poo, but this is where we are. But the thing I'm, you know, which is more worrisome than that, and that's horrific enough, is what's going to be on the other side economically, percent unemployment, in a matter of weeks? How do you recover from that, Deeper? Only way I see recovering is we're going to have to do a New Deal plan. Because I think a lot of these jobs ain't coming back. Hospitality, done. Um, travel, done. The airlines, they begging for a bailout. They're practically done. So, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the economic reality. I'm not going to get into, um, you know, who created it, where was it created, and what's coming next, and some more, all these other scenarios. I'm kind of dealing with what's in front of me. I deal in supply chain, a lot of other things. And the first thing I can tell you is don't depend on what the Chinese propaganda machine is telling you. We've seen a couple of the thing that's really frightening what we've seen, we've seen the capitalist healthcare system disintegrate in front of us. And that's a scary thing. And you know, it's it's easy for us. I have a elderly mother who I'm basically told her to shelter in place. I buy all the food, I you know, I get her mail. She don't, she ain't leaving the house, but she has somebody to come take care of her. 
There are millions and millions of elderly who do not. And that's the scary thing. So, you know, we on the other side. Of, I remember maybe 20 years ago, Chicago had a heat wave. I don't know the numbers. I'm just pulling them on my ass. Let's say 2,000 people died because of the heat wave over the summer. Multiply that times hundreds. And that's what I see. And the Internet is not a place, you know, some large parts of the Internet, you know, it's more crazy talk than pure information. But to finish it up, the worst thing about this is we have no leadership at the national level. And we have a president. (laughs) We have a president who's more worried about numbers and trying to calm the markets with happy talk that's really not setting the population. There's this he's looking more like Herbert Hoover when he should be Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And that's the scariest part of what's going on. Uh, Captain, you have some words? No, I'm just listening to him. Well, Keep talking. Uh, look, uh, I'm not, in, not going to disagree with what he's saying. My only issue is um, – it's not really an issue. Uh, all we can really say is it's still early. Um, you're hearing things about things to get worse. I mean – if you listen to media, you're, you're going to get so many different viewpoints. It's been so politicized, this, this situation. Um, you know, the closest we can actually measure anything close to this in recent times, which really wasn't that recent, it was, almost, was more than 100 years ago, the, the 1918 influenza pandemic where millions of people died under similar circumstances. I mean, if you look at some of the, the photographs of the, the – of the folks during that time period, it, it looks like a mirror. So um, now some are saying that we won't be in that territory because of because we do have some of the uh, scientific and medical advancements. You know, it's a hundred years from now from from that point. But still, you're talking about millions of deaths. Uh, my only concern is we could talk about the propaganda machine coming from China, but I'm more, I'm more, um, I, I don't want to use the word concern, but I, I feel more favorable toward what South Korea has done. But they had early Screw testing. South Korea. Look at Italy. <laughs> look at Italy. No, but look, yeah, but you gotta, well, we know, we see what, what's going on with Italy. Italy is like 700 people died in one day. Which is like an astronomical number. I'm, I'm hearing stories of, of army trucks, Italian army trucks, that are carrying bodies. This is you what know. you gotta look at South Korea. South Korea is Asian. We're not Asian here. That makes a difference, Apple. You haven't thought about that. No, I did think about. it. I'm thinking. Look, I, what I'm saying is, I can only go by by intelligence. It, you gotta go by. You, well, logically, you would go by what the people who kind of got it right. The, the whole issue is, in 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 lieu of of a vaccine, and allegedly we won't get to, we won't get a vaccine till another year from now. I don't think we can sustain like what Bison is saying. I don't see how we can sustain this current existence without uh, without employing some of the tactics that the South Koreans have employed, and also the fact that 
their numbers are, are going downward. As long as they're able to get over the hump and get over, to, get into some kind of flattening of the numbers, we should see a return of the markets and that kind of thing. Um, I, I believe we will get past this because we have no choice. But if you have these stories of these kind of ignorant teenagers and people refusing to, 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 to quarantine themselves and, and again, um, doing what you can to kind of offset catching this thing. But many people are also recovering from it. But the idea, like what, what, what uh, Bison is saying, and I am in finance, and I'm, and I'm seeing this very closely, that when, when the, when you see how tangentially, my overuse of the word, tangentially everything is connected. Everything is connected. So I do remember Bison saying something about, well, you know, he gave up on the MCU like weeks ago because, well, it's, it's frivolous and blah, 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 blah. I, as an MCU fan, I didn't necessarily look at it that way. I see the MCU as being indistinguishable from everything else that deals with finance. The MCU pretty much held up the entirety of Hollywood. Half the reason why people are going back to theaters and enjoying the theater experience, which was once really going in a downward trend, is because of these MCU event films. So the MCU goes away. Uh, so, so you have all the all the the artists and the technicians and the and all those people that are that are behind the making. I mean, these are each film is like a, a Sears Corporation that is is up and running three months to a year and a half with all the amount of people that's involved in just one project. All those people now, there everything's on hold. Um, the dining, the dating. The, 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 the friendships and all, you know, everything that's around the, the entertainment commerce of MCU, which is just one sliver of a sector, is on hold right now. Everything is on hold. Well, it goes to show that when people are literally not physically moving, the money stops. I mean, my 401k is like, I don't even want to discuss it. 401ks, <laughs> plural. I have two separate 401ks, and I don't, I, don't, I don't even want to look. I looked at, last week I looked at something, I said, oh, this is not good. And I don't even, I don't even want to look at this thing. I don't even look at it because it was unsettling. So, um, and look, I'm Joe Nobody, and I'm, I'm like upset. So what Bison is saying is very real, but I, I believe in the power of positive thinking because I have no, no choice. And, uh, but... Having this person at the helm, the current POTUS, it's not a good look. I mean, you have uh, Dr. Fauci, who you see in the background kind of trying to hold his face together because he's listening to this president. And he, you could, I mean, there's a video of, of uh, President Trump ranting about this whole situation. And he says something like just so comical, like he, it might as well be Richard Pryor as president. Matter of fact, Richard Pryor was a better president than one of his skits. But Dr. Fauci's in the background, and he's trying to hold his face from laughing. And this is a, you know, this is a serious doctor that knows how this thing is supposed to work. But he has, to, but he has an idiot as a president. So uh, what Bison is saying is very real. But all we can all we can do is hopefully, like our governor, 
Um, you know, he's closing small shops. It's funny that Vice mentioned a comic book shop because my comic book guy, uh, Jeff, that that uh, that all of us know, um, he's, as far as the Afrener team, and he, he as of yesterday at 8 p.m., the governor said that all non-essential small shops had to close. Now, I got a side deal. I can make a call and just pick up my books, but um, I, I, I'm concerned for, for Jeff and, and other friends and um, retailers because they need people to physically go in those stores and buy books. And the comic book shop was already on shaky ground. And that's just, again, that's one sliver of a sector. I mean, I, I hope the comic book shop doesn't go away. But it, it's, not like, it's not like what Bison said didn't cross my mind. That some businesses might not be able to come back. I mean, this this thing. I'm looking at. We're lucky. We if we're able to get a get over this thing in like under two months from now, then I think we'll be okay. But I'm looking at I'm looking at late, basically an eight week window from now. Beyond two months, going into like mid to late summer, fall. Oh man. I I, I think we can we can do about matter of fact with some people within the eight week the eight week time frame is going to be a problem, but I think most people might be able to get beyond that might be might be able to survive if it's about two two months, eight weeks something like that, but even then, that's that's nasty. It's very nasty, and no, who knows what you the market's going to look like. You saw the diamond thing I sent. I don't know if you had a time. Diamond's going to stop sending books out. Effective next, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Then that's it. Wow. Which is crazy. Let me let me bring in, um, I'm going to bring in uh, Sergio in a moment. There's another caller, 585, and I'll bring in Sergio. 585, welcome to a Monday edition of the Grindhouse Featuring yours truly, and of course, Captain Kirk. Five eight five. Who? Are, where are you calling hello, from? Hello. Who am My I speaking name, to? You can call me Tulio. Um, so I'm from upstate New York, not New York City, upstate New York. But before I okay. begin my rant, I just want to say thank God. Aren't you guys just so happy that we have MCU movies now instead of the Godfather, cocaine, drug dealing movies that of the past? that influenced the children to be that way. For the longest time, the majority of the youth thought that it was good to be drug dealers. Thank God we have superheroes like Batman who came out of uh, some sort of uh, a negative lifestyle or a negative thing in his life and made something positive of it. We have actual good role models now from that, and that's why I love the MCU. And that's the type of stuff that the youth should listen to. Now, all that gay stuff that's coming out of there is, is another issue in itself. Real quick, into this whole uh, corona thing, I think you guys got to limit some of the sensationalism that you're hearing on the, the media. We're not going to hit 100 or 750,000 deaths. I doubt it. we even reach 5,000 people that die here in the United States. We're, I'm going to hang up real quick, but uh, the, the cure right now is very simple. It's zinc. And zinc, once it goes into the cytoplasm, it's going to stop the coronavirus from uh, replicating. But the problem is to get zinc into the cytoplasm. So they're using what's called chloroquine to allow the gateways for zinc to go in. And that's why Korea 
doesn't have a high mortality rate, and that's why China is the same, and that's why the U.S. is going to be doing it too. And chloroquine is the answer, period. So well, I don't well, think well, you guys need to worry so much. Well, uh, well here's the thing. I'm, this is what I'm, I say. I'm, I'm the wait-and-see guy. <laughs> that's what I say. Well, go ahead, Afro. Go ahead. What I was going to say is that uh, chloroquine I'm familiar with, and I know the president has spoken about it. I know it's, it's uh, mal- for malaria. And that it has had some effect, um, some promising effect with those who are suffering from COVID-19. Uh, I hope you're right. I mean, people are looking at that, looking at that drug as a potential way to ameliorate what's going on. And I appreciate what you said about the MCU. I, I, I might kind of stay away from the gay negative remark. Only you're entitled to your opinion, but for the sake for the sake of the Alpha Nerd brand, <laughs> I'm gonna be very careful. Because anything I say uh, has, has presented me as – no, hold on. Everything, has, everything I've said that's pro-masculinity, pro-honor, and all that kind of thing has gotten me into trouble. So uh, I'm, I'm going to leave uh, our gentleman from upstate New York, our upstate New York brethren. I'm going to let him have that, but I'm just going to say, you know, look, I have an issue with certain social engineering. Everyone knows that. But I'm, not also, I'm also not going to hate on other – Groups, we need to be about doing us. That, that's my when every when everybody else, when I will, look, I'll get into some of this talk when we talk about this snowflake and safe space, um, a combo characters that the that the Marvel Marvel is pushing on us right now. This new new warriors have these new combo. I mean, I hope it's a parody because it's 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 laughable. Snow, I mean, literally they're called snowflake and safe space. But I hear what the gentleman is saying. Um, I don't necessarily agree or disagree. I'm going to be indifferent on that. But uh, I, I will say this one thing. I think what he said about the MCU, I've been trying to say this for quite some time, that um, comic books and these comic book movies, for the most part, a lot of it really does have a lot of a positive edge to it. I mean, when you really get into the comic books, into the, into the mantra of comic books, into the, into the mythology of comic books, of overcoming Batman, I, I've always had great admiration for because as a myth, he made himself into a superhero. He's, he, he overcame trauma from his parents, and he, he, he's an excellent example of, of, of a character that he can stretch his mind. I think there's a quote that I used to use from Bruce Wayne. It's an excellent quote. It said something about um, man has limitations or told that man has limitations, but I just never listened, or something like that. I'll find the exact quote, but I thought that is quintessential Batman. So I appreciate what the gentleman from, from upstate New York is talking about, but I think we still, I think we still should be um, caution, cautious, pardon me. We should still be cautious. I don't necessarily believe we have to denigrate other people. I just, I just think that, you know, again, we, need to be, we do need to be, be about our man-ish without having to, you know. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm being very political, Captain. I've gotten into trouble. I don't know what you're trying to say. No, I don't know what you're trying to say. Yes, you do. (laughs) Anyway, um, let's take a musical break. Um, Maybe a little bit of COVID talk, but, I mean, you look. (laughs) The bottom line is wash your damn hands, cover your mouth, do some social distancing, do what you can to keep your immunity high, um, and we'll get beyond this, but the right now it's pretty bad. It is pretty bad financially. 
But I think it's, we got to really do what's what's necessary. And I think uh, I, I tell you this also: how wh- will this go into a, into a, into the election in November? How's that going to work? How's this? How I mean, people are already saying that this cannot. They're not going to allow this to go into preempting this election. What does that What does that say? I mean, it's, it sounds very real because if you don't do something, then we're going to have to delay this election, or there's going to be some reasoning as to why we have to kind of. It's this is like a war. This is a wartime thing, where a no, war no, no. president. Well, hold on, a war president. You know, when it's, when there's war, because you know, we've seen presidents will in, will initiate a war to be able to stay in office because the, the 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 situation is too dire. This is very. Similar to a war, people are dying on the front line for real. So anyway, you know, I'll, I'll ask Bison. I'll ask Bison That's about good. that after the break, and I'll bring in Sergio to get his impressions. Then we'll go. We'll go on to something else. I mean, there's going to be more time to go into this coronavirus issue. So anyway, uh, let's go into more new Trump music. Labels a hero. <laughs> more new music. This is Little Dragon. Giving you herb alt music. Little dragon, hold on. And I mean literally, hold on. <laughs> we'll be right back. Let's groove.
we're back once again. Some syrupy groove by Little Dragon. Hold on. We're black and back on a Monday, no less. The Grindhouse, at least for the duration, we're making efforts, folks, as I said at the top of the show, to actually move to a different format. We have a couple of choices. So I do want to provide our audience with a more professional sound. And there'll be some other changes and, you know, just things that we just need to do. To be, to be more serious about this Afro Radio Machine thing. Anyway, folks, feel free to buzz in if you like. 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Talking what everyone is talking about, this COVID-19 deal. So I want to bring back Sergio Mims, our friends from Chi-Town. Um, I was asking before the break, what do you think will happen to the audience and to Sergio specifically? What do you think is going to happen with Trump November 20. Like, again, this, this virus, we're hearing eight weeks, which is, you know, two months, four months, six months. Hell, we're hearing going into next year at some point. So I don't know how this is going to work out. I'm hoping it's an eight-week or under where at least we start to see a flattening. Not that the numbers won't be grisly, but if we see a flattening like what we saw in South Korea, I mean, what makes this? I mean, it's a cultural difference and all that. But the South Koreans are a democracy. They did what they had to do. They, they they attacked it in a serious way. And I'm even discounting what, you know, because speaking of bison, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I agree. They got a propaganda machine like we do, but we know about China's propaganda machine. But in, in South Korea, they seem to have kind of gotten over the worst of this thing. So if they did it in two, three months, Isn't it, wouldn't it be embarrassing for America to, to kind of be lagging along with, with this kind of, you know, well, look, we could be Italy, so I, what can I say? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, is it possible, Sergio, that this, that this right. issue might go into the upcoming election? Do you think the election might be affected or halted because of the COVID-19 issue? No, first of all, first of all, um, Oh gosh, I lost my train of thought now. In Italy, in Italy, the situation there is that the overwhelming majority of people who are dying are men over the age of 70 who were smokers, also obese. That is the fact in Italy. You can look that up. I'm not saying that off the top of my head, okay? Number two, According to, and I have this chart right here in front of me, according to the, the, the Centers for Disease Control and the World Health Organization, right, the average disease death per day worldwide, this is per day worldwide, number one is tuberculosis, over 3,000. Number two is hepatitis B with 2,430. Number three is pneumonia with 2,216. Where does this thing come in, uh, COVID-19? It's down at 144 deaths per day, 144. Now, yeah, you may say that would go up, but go up to reach the heights of tuberculosis or uh, pneumonia on a daily basis? Not hardly. Two million people down in the United States? Uh Uh-uh. Ain't going to happen. Um... I'm not saying this is not serious, but what I'm saying is that, I've, and I've said this before, the fear-mongering and the panic, which has been whipped up 
by the media. You know, just two weeks ago, we were talking about the election. Everybody was talking about the election. And now, all of a sudden, it's on TV, on the news, it's 24-hour-a-day coronavirus. You know there is a major locust plague happening in major parts of Africa, which is devastating. Don't hear anything about it. Okay? It's 24 hours a day, coronavirus. People are afraid. You know, people thinking, I go out, I'm going to die. Hey, tomorrow, four years ago, started the worst health crisis I ever had in my life. I was in a hospital for two months. I was in a wheelchair for seven months. I had to learn how to walk again. First on a walker, then on two canes, then on one cane, and finally, only in the last six weeks, I've been able to walk without a cane. And it took me four years to get to that point. I've been through hell and back. I'm not afraid of some virus. Sorry, well, let me say me. this. Let me say this quickly, and I want to bring in Bice to get his impressions. Um, this is some information coming in, as I mentioned, the the, the influenza pandemic of 1918. So these are just to kind of give you the metrics and how. I mean, again, we're talking about 100 years ago, over 100 years ago, and we're not at the advancement that they had. You know, we're at a different advanced stage than they were. Anyway, um, it says the great influenza pandemic presents a plausible worst-case scenario for today's COVID-19 outbreak. The pandemic, which lasted from 1918 to 20. Okay, so mm-hmm. here we go again. You know, two years, 100 years ago. I don't know if we could do two years in 2020. Anyway, uh, the pandemic, which lasted from 1918 to 1920, is estimated to have caused 39 million deaths, equivalent to 2% of the world's population at that time. At this point, the probability that COVID-19 reaches anything close to 1918-1920's outbreak seems remote, but lessons we can learn from it in mortality, uh, macroeconomics, and finance can help man- manage the, the effects of today's cor- coronavirus pandemic. And I would agree. We have enough archival information, but we have these COVIDiots taping themselves in IG and partying like it's 1999 in Florida's South Beach. I'm just saying. Anyway, let's go to Bison well, to get his impressions of... Well, first well, hold of all, on, let hold me on. say... Uh, hold, on, uh, hold on one second. I want to go to, I want to, go to uh, Bison. I'll get right back to you, uh, Search Bison. So, what are, you, what are your thoughts about how this could potentially affect the um, up, upcoming election? Well, it depends on who's motivated. If if he quote unquote gets a handle on it and we kind of come out of it, some people may say, well, you know, let's let's keep we have a steady hand at the ship of state. Let's make a change. But if we have a prolonged recession or pre-depression, and we have double-digit unemployment, and this thing drags until the end of the summer. I think it's going to be a change. I mean, you see it now with the bill that the Democrats keep blocking that the Senate wants to want to you know to pass because they say it favors more corporations and not average workers. So, I, I, I think I don't know what the magical cutoff point. I just say, I just say for conversation's sake, let's say we're still dealing with this in some fashion by say Labor Day. Then I think wow. uh, I think it's going to be a sea change, and you know, because here's the thing we haven't even talked about: 
education. Just think there are millions of students who will not graduate college and high school. That's going to have an effect. Um, you know, imagine, you know, you can't go to prom, you can't, you can't get you. I mean, you can't. You can't get your degree, but you can. You're not gonna have a ceremony. Um, that's already so that's, happening. That's one thing. That's yeah, already I happening. Mean, you know how every place, every place. I mean, Howard. I mean, how, school, school, school is school is out right now. School is out from the the the. Um, no, no, people are doing the, it virtually. People are doing it virtually well, now. That that's true, but I, I mean, I've also heard stories that you know, for all intents and purposes, the school year. Well, yeah, you have virt- virtual, but I know that the colleges are out. My understanding. No, no, I mean, no, no, no. Well, a lot of them were on spring break. Like Howard just came back today, so basically they're doing Zoom, Blackboard, or whatever. Everything just moved online. So that's going to happen. Just a quick thing, I want to kind of dovetail what you said. You know, what I think is going to happen on the other side of this. I think how we look at work is going to change. I think remote working is going to really be more embraced than it has been. Um, there's some there's some profession you just have to come in, you know. But there's some professions. I, I think the no, the notion of remote working from home and some other, I think that's going to be embraced more. But if this thing drags beyond Labor Day, and a lot of the major sports haven't come back and that sort of thing, and the economy is still reeling, I, I think Trump is done. But I don't think I don't think a lot of people. I don't know if it's going to be a pro-Joe Biden or more of an anti-Trump. I don't think Biden elicits that sort of fervor for people to play someone with him. It just, I'm just used to cut off of, of Labor Day. If things haven't changed by Labor Day, I think I think it's going to be a change in November. But if it's like a short term, like you said, and you, Sergio, everybody said, you know, two, three weeks and whatever, when it's back to normal, then I think Trump will win. Oh, wow. Let's go back to uh, Sergio, and then I want to move on to Madam C.J. Walker and the banker. There's a lot more to discuss. Yeah, I get to say let's, anything? Uh, let's, let's, well, <laughs> let's, well, first yeah. of all, Trump has said, Trump has said in two weeks he is going to announce officially that, quote, America has reopened. And I predicted this a couple of days ago. He's going to let this go on for three weeks, and then he's going to say that the crisis is over. Now, it doesn't matter if it is or isn't, but he has to do that, A, for his ego, and number two, because he has, he, he's got to use this to get reelected. I can see the ads already. He led us through the most uh, dramatic crisis that any president has faced and he has done it with honor and restore our value. I mean, I can see it coming, right? So that's coming. He is going to announce it, right? Because he has to do it to save his reelection chances. He has to do it. Whether you like him or not, whether even though the crisis, hey, the crisis could be even worse, he is going to announce that it's over in two weeks. That's already has the been market, reported the market, today. The, the markets would the markets would do that. If the markets don't have faith in him, that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah, no, but, that, but he, markets, he's, he's yeah. not doing it for the markets. He is doing it for the people who follow him. Forget the market. The people who follow him, they don't they're not they don't they don't know anything about the markets. They know nothing about the markets. They don't have any investments. 
It's not for it's it's not it's 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 for his followers and for any maybe whatever few moderates may be leaning towards him. It's for them. Can I say something? Can I say something? Yeah, sure. Look, I'm going to somewhat agree with Sergio and somewhat agree with Bison. Both of them are saying something that's very important and very poignant. What you have to understand, with this virus, a lot of people are not dying. Most people are not dying. Right. It's not really a death situation here. It's exactly. What I would call is, is, how's your 401K looking? Your complex Mm -hmm. number, electricity, your money is disappearing. Well, most right. people don't realize money is energy. So it has gone somewhere because energy can't be created or destroyed. So it's the money. You might see a restructuring because this is going what Bison says, how he says, you know, a restructure. We have a global way of doing things for his business. Does that make any sense? Does it make sense if you need masks and China got to make them and you got to bring them here? You understand what I'm saying? A national way of doing things actually works better, as far as everybody's concerned. But when you start going a little too national, what happens, that dumb mf in middle America should be making 20 25 28 bucks an hour, is not going overseas and making the top-notch person rich. It starts making the public a little rich. He should have that job. So you might see a restructuring over a period of time, because I do agree that Trump has to come out of this. Trump has to come off as to these dumb white Americans. Oh, he's smart. He cares about us. He loves us. I just see that happening. You know, he was the savior of the day, and then all of a sudden you put him in the White House. I do see that somehow, somehow happening. You understand? So that's just me. That's just the way I'm breaking it down to you. You know, there might be a restructuring in the way we do things here. America. That's all. Yeah, there will be a restructuring. I can tell you. I can tell you one thing: the cruise industry is dead. It probably will never happen again. <laughs> They're not going to get any bailouts, and these huge monstrosities that are on the oceans, which look like, you know, megatropolis. You know, those are going away. That's not coming back. They're not going to get any kind of money. They're going to give money to the airlines because people need airlines, but nobody needs a cruise ship. Not those big things. Well, let me, say, um, let, me, let me say this. Um, what's, what was said about this proclamation that Trump may make, that, okay, we, we're, we've gotten over this thing, or we're, you know, we're ready to rock and roll businesses, you know, time to open up your store or reopen your store. You, you have to be careful of that because, you know, someone else did something similar to, similar to that, and it was President Bush with, with his mission accomplished. You know, he did that mission accomplished thing in '03. And that war didn't end to what, 2011? So, like, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't like until eight years later after he made a, a similar proclamation, and you can liken mm-hmm. this to war. So, what's the difference? So, if he does pull. The difference is that. Hold, hold on, sir. If he does pull something like this, what's going to make it that more distinctive? Because this is like a war. Iraq war was eight years. He pulls a mission accomplished. What does that mean? The difference is that people don't remember that. People memories, particularly younger people, their memories are short if they know anything at all. Okay, I remember it. You remember when he had that big banner mission accomplished. He came off the jet like he was a fighter pilot. Yeah, sure, we remember that. But someone younger than us, you know, they don't remember that. They have no idea. They have no clue. 
But they don't vote either, so, you know, so I don't know why That's young people are focusing. Well, some of them do. Some of them do. Uh, if they, anyway. if they did, Bernie would be ahead. Bernie would be ahead in, in the Democratic nomination. Well, you know something? I'm just going to leave it at this, and we're going to go to something else. Um, it's funny you mentioned Senator Sanders because now that we're so we're going, all of us, many of us are going to be so reliant on the government in this situation. Socialism looks pretty good right now, and you would you would figure <laughs> that. Well, it, it, look, everyone's looking for this thousand dollar or two thousand dollar check and 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 all that. Even people who may not necessarily need it, they're not going to reject it. So. Um, I find it interesting that that's that's the 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 quintessential socialism, and yet Biden is going to be your guy for those who who are staunch Democrats. Where's where's Q Storm? People that are behind Biden. Um, this is not Biden's territory. So I I, I don't know why uh, Sanders can't seem to kind of grab on to this kind of thing. This is his issue, but he can't seem to get any traction. Anyway, we'll get into we'll talk more about the COVID virus. Uh, as, you know, hopefully, it what my what I think is that it will taper off in an eight week period. Hopefully, hopefully, if it doesn't, I don't. I, we can't handle a uh, a an Italy situation. I mean, <laughs> I don't see that happening. So we shall see. We shall see. All right. So. Look, gentlemen, let's let's move things to a little lighthearted stuff. Um, we do entertainment talk here, entertainment comic books and so forth. And I'm pretty sure, pretty sure Sergio has some words to say. So, because many of us are are in quarantine, <laughs> we we actually have an excellent time to have checked out this past week. I had intentions to see this thing anyway. I'm a big. Um, uh, I've talked about Madam C.J. Walker's story. Who hasn't? Uh, Madison C.J. Walker's story uh, incessantly. Her daughter, I, I really had a lot of um, readings on, Alilia Walker, and even her great-granddaughter, Alilia Bundles, which who wrote and kind of curates the Walker estate. So um, I'm not even going to go into this. I'm, I'll speak on it, but let, let's let's go to Bison, and then we go to Serge, and we'll go and, the, and Captain going around a horn. So. We heard about this last year, Octavia Spencer's project. I think she's an executive production, has executive production credit on this thing. She's starring as the titular character. So, um, Bison, what were your thoughts about uh, Self Made on Netflix? Self Made, inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. I enjoyed it. Excuse me. Um, I had quibbles with it. I didn't care for the soundtrack. I thought that kind of took it out of character. I didn't care much for Tiffany Haddish. I think toward the end, it kind of came full circle. Um, just a note of um, order. I um, When I was at that university you can't stand, I took a class called the Harlem Renaissance Movement. And she was the daughter was a pivotal player there at at the mansion, she brought in Aaron Douglas and uh, Langston Hughes and that sort of thing. So she sort of curated the Harlem Renaissance movement. So that's where I really kind of found out a lot about Madam C.J. Walker. Now, the one uh-huh. thing that, that I, you know, I had to kind of, you know, do a double take on and not get too wound up, it said, in a story inspired by. Mm-hmm. So that right there let me know that it wasn't going to be a straight biopic. 
But it looked the costumes were beautiful. The actors were surprising. I mean, even Bill Bellamy. I mean, when I first saw his name, I'm like, Jesus Christ. But I mean, I really enjoyed his character, and um, I sort of there were some quibbles with it. But at the end of the day, she was a seminal figure. I heard there was some license with the added character. You know, woke Twitter had to put their two cents in it. So, you know, you know they didn't care for the colorism, but you know that's how life was in early 20th century America. But to sum it up, I, I thought it was a well done production. Flawed. I gave it a four out of five. Um. Sergio, what were your impressions? Well, I know you said some things on Twitter that made it kind of mediocre, but what 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 were your what would you have to say about? And you've seen this before, self-made. Well, I saw it over the weekend, right? And no, I saw the banker before, but oh, okay. um, right. Uh, I thought it was abysmal. I thought it was absolutely abysmal. I mean, you all you had to do is just tell a simple story, stick to the facts, and it would have been great. Here we and go. they monkeyed it around. They distorted it. What's the deal with the boxing thing? The boxing thing. Don't put, don't put Octavia Spencer in soap boxing. You know, Mama said knock you, you out. Mama said knock you out. Go okay, ahead. it's go. like, it's like there was a lot of great music written during that period. You could use Scott Joplin. You could you couldn't use any of it. What do they want to go for the millennials? The, the whole thing with Carmen and JoJo and uh, I what the hell? And then Tiffany Haddish being the daughter, the gay thing. Her daughter was not gay. There's no evidence her daughter was gay. We're gonna get into it. And I just I I just thought it was horrible. Oh, and, and also the bashing of the black man. Here we go again. Here we go again. Black man is always worthless. He's no good. You know, oh, jeez. I, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today about it, and she watched it with her boyfriend, and he, she told me he just kept moaning and groaning throughout the whole thing. He just thought it was – she hated it too. It, it just abysmal. I just like, boy, how can you take this story and screw it up like that? And and, and Cassie Lemons was directing it? What happened? Yeah, yeah well – um, let's go to the captain. Captain, any any impressions? Did you get a chance to check out the Madam C.J. Walker story? Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought I thought I had a little different perspective. I said, eh, at least we're getting this. We should be past. At least we're getting this at this point now. So I thought more or less it was all right. I didn't care for Miss Miss Haddish. That bothered me. That just bothered me. Bothered me. Bothered me. And I thought actually chiming in with Bison said they could um I thought the music could have been a lot better. A lot, a lot better. I just thought it was okay. You know, I just thought it was okay. I didn't think any uh you know, it was horrible like Sergio. I didn't think it was great. It was a well it was that I thought it was okay. I thought they could have done better though. That's just me. All right, let let, let me go into this a little bit. Um, this is where the irony really starts, and I'm going to go to Sergio about some of his impressions. There's kind of a, a, a funny thing. The complaints that many have had – what's that, that noise in the background? Let me um, – that might be uh, – okay. Sergio. Uh, Sergio, I'll bring you back. Yeah, I had a, he had some, yeah. some, some noise on his mic. We'll bring him back. Yeah. So some of the complaints that, ironically, that Sergio had about the banker 
which I actually like the banker a lot. And there have been other criticisms. There were some other criticisms about the banker that I thought, in my opinion, just 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 as as an observer. And sometimes I'm a sometimes I am a racial observer <laughs> to the point I regrettably sometimes I am where I, where I think the rules are different when you paint the faces brown and black. What am I saying? I think that the banker, um, some of the some of the minutia, some of the math nerdiness in the banker that I actually dug. Okay, uh, they needed that in the Madam C.J. Walker story. They needed more of that to explain exactly how this woman's come up came about to make it more sophisticated. Because although she wasn't really formally educated, her daughter was. Her daughter went to Knoxville College. Um, and again, she, she was younger, and she was a patron of the arts. Um, uh, Bison is correct. The Dark Tower is her, was her baby. It was a 30-room mansion in Harlem, and she hosted these, these parties with the, the black elite, the, the black artists. Um, Elaine Locke and the gang were there, okay? Um, W.E.B. Du Bois and those folks, who was a former St. Albans, Queens resident. I mean, high cogitation. What do you expect? Anyway, <laughs> I think, it's a, isn't there a Howard connection with uh, um, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, Bison? Didn't he teach there? Briefly, briefly. He mostly taught yeah. at AU in Atlanta. But briefly. So anyway, but Lee so let Locke, me, let me, Lee Locke kind of blocked him out of Howard. Yes. So, um, and also, you know, they made they made light, as as uh, I think Sergio or maybe it was yeah, Sergio referenced it, that um, the the Annie the Annie Malone character really wasn't given her due. Like she, they made Annie Malone into a lightweight. And Annie Malone really was a real competitor to Madam CJ because she that part is true. Madam CJ was one of her one of her um, sales staff, and there was a disagreement at some point, and she she went on her own own her own version of Malone's product. But you know the whole colorism thing. I don't know that that could have been the case, but I don't know. If there's, I don't know if that was true. They 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 put in some things that I think would are, are deleterious to to black culture, just to be purient, just to get you just to get you into a bossip kind of mindset, into an MTO MTO kind of mindset. And and again, the only thing that's interesting, the only thing that's interesting about. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is that Tiffany Haddish actually favors Alilia Walker. That is, if you could look at a picture of Alilia Walker, it looks like Tiffany Haddish. That's that's the only thing. That might be like the only reason why they chose this woman, because again, a person that was a patron a patron of the arts, that was a, a really central figure of the Harlem Renaissance, to make her into kind of the silly person. When she was a businesswoman, she was a businesswoman in her own right. She was a a, a a socialite, and again, her name comes up as a, as a very central figure during the Harlem Renaissance. Now, there's this effort to make 
the Harlem Renaissance a wholesale gay cultural movement. I think I think that aspect can be explored, but you can't make stuff up either. I think that's being that's being um, disingenuous, it's being dishonest, and like and like uh, what Bison has said, what keeps me from going full body karate full fully in is because it, their out was the title. The title is called Self Made Inspired by the Life of Madam C.J. Walker. But it's a disservice to, to literally create a, a, a made-up storyline to this woman who's married three times. Now, it's not to say that um, she wasn't sexually adventurous or, or, or sexually free, so to speak. But I, I don't – there's no – you can't just throw things up against the wall. And, and, and when you're talking about history – I mean, obviously you can because they use the term inspired. Um, Bessie Smith, there's a lot of evidence that she was bisexual. I have no issues with that. That's telling the truth. But to, to create, to, to kind of, I think, you know, you kind of besmirching this woman's legacy by injecting something that just was not there. There's no real evidence of that. Now, did she, did she patronize uh, gay artists during the Hunter Renaissance? Oh, certainly. Definitely. But to to have her in, with some some made up love affair she had in Indiana before she moved to New York, and that you know uh, she heard about how 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 bustling and 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 this whole cultural thing in Harlem, you know everything's going down in Harlem. I mean it, it's a little bit more it's a little bit more involved and sophisticated than that. And and Harish is not an Alilia Walker. I mean you should have had someone a bit more sophisticated, even even. Madam CJ, even though she wasn't formally educated, this this woman's to quote Bot Cardi B, this woman's money moves in the early 20th century, late 18th, late 19th century, early 20th century, is really exceptional. Even her, even her, um, her her rival, who was called Addie Monroe. You know, Addie Monroe in in the uh, in the movie, but her you know the act the real life person is Annie Malone, and Annie Malone had you know look, just as um, Madam C J had factories, she had this this national sales staff. I mean, she really was an exceptional woman. Her rival, the person that she worked under briefly before she went on her own, because of a disagreement. I don't know if it was colorism that was a disagreement, but they put the BOSIP and the MTO ish in there anyway. Annie Malone or Annie Turnbow Malone, she had she had um, uh, beauty schools, she had factories, she was also a millionaire. Okay, this this woman, I mean, she was exceptional. She wasn't like some some low pro, you know, doing kind of conniving things. And and you know, not not for silly ish. So that that part really bothered me. But and the music, the need to inject, like Sergio said, the need to inject like new kind of hip hop music. I mean, let, let's let's get some historical. Let's get some Scott Joplin in there. You know, let's, let's get some proto jazz in there. Proto jazz. Let's get some of that in there, so we can educate educate. The, I mean, there's so much information coming out of Harlem Renaissance that could have been. To. The, the, the Dark Tower was a serious, cent, a serious cultural center, 
and it was kind of kind of lightweightish. But you got haddish. You had haddish. Anyway, <laughs> let me break back. <laughs> I mean, the only thing I could say, the only thing that was, the only thing that, that got a rise out of me was like, wow, she looks like, she actually looks like, there's a picture, she looks like the spinning image of Alilia. That's it. Lower tier, stay your place. Anyway. <laughs> That's funny. It's true. Um, Booker T made an appearance. Hold on, hold on. I will say this one thing. Uh, what's the De- what's the name? Robert Devere Smith is that his name? Guinevere. He's a exception. Guinevere Smith from from Spike Lee's Spike Lee movie. Yeah, yeah Roger, Roger Guinevere Smith. Roger, right. thank you. Yeah, Roger Guinevere Smith. I, I I liked him as Booker T Washington. But you know he was kind of rough too. Now and also you know the the, the sexism. I'm not saying it wasn't there. Yeah, certainly in in in, in uh, 1908, but eh, I, I I don't know. You know I I don't know. They they made him seem like really like an a hole. You know, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I think they treated it far more simplistic than it really was. I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. To to play to play up on a kind of media, media takeout sensibility. That's my issue. Go ahead. Hey, Deber. This is what I think they should have done. I think it was a movie that they chopped up. I think they should have made a full series for like eight to ten episodes. And maybe they could have fleshed out the beginning. <laughs> they the did. Beginning. No, it, it was only four episodes. Right. It, I, think, it, I think it should have been longer. They could have fleshed out her beginning. They could have fleshed out her philanthropy. They could have fleshed out, um, you know, the Harlem Renaissance movement. And, I mean, that's just me. It was a lot of historical figures, but you got to remember, though, now this is where me and you are going to kind of part at the road. We know the history of that period. We know about the Harlem Renaissance movement, Booker T. Washington, National um, for Colored Women, and those sort of exactly. the, that, that's all that history. We know that. Black kids, I mean, American kids aren't getting that history, period. That's true. So just to see that there is a win. So maybe they had to put, you know, instead of giving them a carrot, they gave them a goddamn fruit pot, you know, with the other shenanigans and whatnot. <laughs> now, remember this, Richard Pryor was in a lot of movies, you know, that dealt with historical stuff. And, you know, I mean, he wasn't no despian actor either. Now, I'm not making no excuses for Had Haddish is Haddish. And I think at the end of the day, they just did that to draw people in. I don't know when this was filmed. I guess they thought, well, you know, she's blowing up. She's in this. She's in that. She's gonna, she's gonna bring eyeballs. So that may be the thinking with that. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. This was it was flawed. It was flawed. I don't think it's the shit show, you know, Sergio. But again, people have different opinions on on these things. I'm glad it's made. It was made, and I think the last ten minutes of it. The epilogue, the ending, that made the whole to see the people and see, you know, what they created, and see it. It, it went all the way into the seventies that she created a legacy, and young people and young women saw that. I think that made it worthwhile. The missteps, you know, you can kind of look the other way on that. I'm glad it was made. Spot, I mean, excuse me, um, LeBron James, Maverick Carter. 
got to give them kudos to get, to get that on the screen. That's all I got to say. Let me say one quick thing too. Uh, you know, like Cassie Lemons. Here we go again. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to defer to your fellow Bison, Bison, Yvette Carnell. She makes some points. You know, when when her and her her partner, uh, Counselor Antonio Moore, when those two look, everyone, I listen to everyone, and I and I cherry pick when they say things that ring true. It is what it is. So. When those two went in on the Harriet movie, and Lemons was behind that, we, you start to see a theme where, they, you know, for, for you know, um, theatrical license, and I understand theatrical license, I understand that. But damn, now we're getting into this outright kind of social engineering, half-lie, just make up any old thing, and it gets to be, it, it comes off silly when you have these kind of mountainous, Figures in history. That, that I mean, you you can't play around with that. So just in Harriet, hold on, just hold on. Let me finish my point. Just in Harriet, the Harriet story, where you know you have this this made up black man that was also a slave catcher with a gun, and he wants to he he openly talks about laughing about how he wants to bed white women in front of white guys, in in circa uh, eighteen seventy. I'm sorry, eighteen eighteen fifty. I mean. It, it's it's ridiculous, um, you know. He he was so extra violent. Uh, again, a made up black person, uh, you know, killing the uh, the Janelle Monae character, and then uh, that's kind of a quasi love story with her former owner chasing her down, and it just just weird. You know, that that stuff just doesn't just what's unnecessary. And we're getting into the same space, same person. Another high-level black, matter of fact, black female, the black men, you know, some, they're, they're lecherous in the, in the Harriet Tubman story, and they're lecherous in this story. So, it's, it's, you know, issues and stories that really did not exist. So why are they necessary? Why are you making a Lilia Walker gay and having a full-blown gay relationship when there's no evidence that the real Lilia Walker was gay? Now, if she were, like Bessie Smith, no problems. But just to make ish up, I mean, you know, it's like uh, we might as well put wings on feet then. I mean, you know, let's make it up. Well, since you made it a Howard thing, I guess I'm obligated to answer. Um, did you see Roots? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, we talked about Roots. Roots got – Roots was – there was a, no, a six-figure lawsuit. Hear me out, Hampton. I know, you know – The African. The, the book no, is called The African. Believe- Go ahead. Do you believe O.J. Simpson? You know, do you believe O.J. Simpson was racing? You know, back in Africa. Do you believe Chicken George was was was, was fiddling and you know everybody was doing backflips and dancing? It's called creative license. You know, most of that was made up to move the story along. You think most of what Roots what was portrayed in Roots happened? Well, I'm asking. I'm just. We can do that for any. We can do that for any film. I'm not. I'm not making but that's excuses for that. But that's Apple and all. That's not, that's an unfair comparison. Because no, um, no, 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 it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, let me finish. No, no. Wait, wait a minute. Am I on? Okay, hold on. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Well, hold on. Okay, hold on. Last time I checked, it's still after the radio. So hold on, sir. You'll get your turn. Let me make this point because he questioned me. Um, I think there's a difference between what Alex Haley did because look, Alex Haley. I give him props for the, for the autobiography of Malcolm X because 
Malcolm X was a real person who existed, and they collaborated on that book. All right, um, but but Roots he positioned it as his family story. You know, uh, pre DNA, we be, we wanted to believe that was the story, but the reality is, is they got he got sued for a handsome price in the mid seventies because of a book called The African that was almost was it was plagiarism. So I mean, I, we don't really like to talk about it. But it's true. I mean, that, that book was plagiarized. You had to pay uh, six, $600,000 or something crazy like that. Um, I love Alec Haley, but there's some problems with there's some. But you, right now, well, we know Madden CJ and, and Harriet Tubman, they existed. They're not made up people. I think, I think there's a little bit of a difference. Go ahead. Um, my opinion. Go ahead, sir. Well, first of all, Eddie Malone was not, was not light-skinned. Okay, you can find pictures of her. She was not. So why did they have to create this tragic mulatto, red bone, light skin thing? I don't know. Number two, all biopics don't tell, you know, distort story. Hey, look, the lady sees the blues. Lady sees the blues is about as, an act, as, as inaccurate a film that you have ever seen about a person, you know, of uh, Billie Holiday. The question comes down to do you have respect for the person? Do you, do you have respect for the person who you are portraying, uh, portraying in the project, right? And in the case of self-made, okay, let me rephrase it this way. I think they do in the banker, even though I have problems with the banker. But in the case of self-made, I don't think they did. I don't think they had respect for Madam C.J. Walker at all. I don't think they really understood her or what she accomplished. I really don't. And I think that's reflected in the movie. The movie was too trivial. It, 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 you know, when you have her in a boxing ring, you have her doing musical numbers. When you take things and totally distort Why them, it not you out? clearly don't have respect for the character. I'm sorry, not for the character, for the person. You really don't. And you don't understand her. I'm going to knock you out. <laughs> that's what it was. Um, hold on, sir. Let's go to 314. And then we're going to talk about the banker. I'm going to need you again to talk about the banker, which I actually love the banker, mind you. Black Moneyball. I said it. Black Moneyball. 314. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. (laughs) Did somebody say something about Annie Malone? That somebody was me, yes. Annie Malone and the Matter C.J. Walker story on Netflix. Here we go. Did you happen to to see it? Now, you're a business person. Last time I checked. Well, I know about Annie Malone. No, I haven't seen that. I know about Annie Malone, and think about the thing with Madame C.J. Walker and the way they was marking it, acclaiming her in a position that she that it wasn't true, her being the first black female millionaire in the country. Annie uh, Walker worked under Annie Malone, who attained that were, were that level before she did. <clears throat> and it was another lady by the uh, name of Biddy, and I can't think of her last name. She was a millionaire before either one of them. Then there was another lady that was out in California, but I think she just passed for black, but she was white. But uh, Annie Malone, I ain't taking anything away from Walker, but Annie Malone was something else. She had over 75,000 associates across the world, and uh, Walker tutored under her. And of course, Malone held out of St. Louis and went to Chicago. But the Anna Malone Children's Orphan Home is still there. They have a parade in her behalf every year. And uh, <clears throat> people should study her. 
it uh, would do him very good. Biddy Mason, Biddy Mason, by the way, Biddy Mason is the person you're talking Thank about. Thank you. Yeah. And look at the times that they've done those things. And they weren't the only one. There's another lady that wrote a book about black entrepreneurship from uh, through 1865 and the earliest recording in that book based on records and insurance records with uh, Lloyds. It wasn't Lloyds in London, but Lloyds at the time. They had uh, all sorts of businesses in a variety of industries and markets. But uh, you guys got a good show as usual. Thank you. Appreciate it, sir. Appreciate it. Sure. Now, I, I will say this. I will say this. Um, you know, wh- I have to agree with Bison in, th- in this sense. This is when the, our fellow HBCUism comes out. I'm not going to lie. I was favorable that this movie was made. You know, look, the, I, the idea of a Madden C.J. Walker film is strong. So I have to concede to that. I just wish that it would have been a little bit more a little bit more care to giving some more information, some more accuracy, and kind of lighten up on some of the goofiness that I felt was unnecessary. They played up on some of the feminine stereotypes with kind of this playful, um, uh, almost like a a proto-Atlanta Housewives kind of thing between Annie Malone, or in this case, Addie, that they changed the name. You know, why not, why can't we have the real person? Addie Monroe as opposed to Annie Malone. So Addie Monroe was it was like a proto a proto Real Housewives episode. The, the the cat and mouse that they were doing with each other. And I think that, you know, the rivalry the rivalry was real, but they they played Annie Malone for being kind of a low pro when no, this woman was was a millionaire, she had schools, she had uh, a national um uh, followers, membership I mean, she's a real business person. Like the gentleman mentioned, Biddy Mason. Biddy Mason was a – I remember the name, and I remember a little bit of a story that she was a, a real estate entrepreneur. She was, she was born into slavery, and I think she had something to do with the, um, uh, the, uh, the African Methodist Episcopal Church in L.A., something like that. I have to go more into Biddy Mason, but I do know that she, she's worthy of her story too. There's a lot of black people – However we may feel about these movies, there's a lot of black people that made some real, I hate to use this term for this woman, <laughs> uh, <laughs> money moves, who made real money moves when there was Jim Crow. And now we have folks that want to party during, you know, that are COVIDians. Those people can't figure out, like, how do you navigate what um, Madam CJ did and what Annie did and what Biddy did? During these times, and now black folks don't know how to even—they don't know how. They're whining. Some of us are whining, and these black, these these uh, classic blacks kind of figured it out. Well, if you, if they weren't going to be stopped. Out, that's not really. It's true. incredible. Yeah, yeah, a lot of black people making a lot of money now. They're just acting like an idiot. If you look at it, and you tell the truth, you got a lot of black folks running around being idiots. <laughs> If you do the if you do the numbers and you really look at the truth, a lot of us are making money. Well, well look, I, I well, <laughs> a lot of us are not right now <laughs> during this COVID. <laughs> okay, this, you know, many of us are looking at our best. Uh, okay, but I mean, I hear I hear your point. But what I'm saying is, yes, okay, there's some some black folks. Robert Smith, we know, a billionaire. I mean, there's quite a few black folk 
that have done some and are there doing some of the things. There should be more of us. There should be more. Obviously, there should be more based on what you're saying. But there's a lot of us making money. This is true. But when you, when you can, I guess what I'm saying is, and I disagree with you, but when you really go back into the classic black stories, I mean, it's, I mean, you know, you can't fathom these, you, you can't mess with these people. Whatever, if these people were brought back to life, we should be having our books, our, our, our notes out, our pens out, listening to every word they say. Because they were able to, to do some phenomenal things, really, with their hands tied behind their backs. That's true. That's all I got to say. They have to be respected. They have to be respected. I agree with, I agree with that. You know, I'll say, I'll say that much. All right, so let's, let's – I want to take another break. Let's take another break. We've got more time. Another break, then I want to get into the banker because I, I actually like the banker. I like everyone in it. I like – I know that um, Sergio had an issue with, with uh, um, Anthony um, – what's his name? Jeez. Uh, Mackie. Hawk, he played uh, a good part, man. That's he played Mackie, a good part, man. Come on, Sergio. He played good. I he thought he was great. Guy. I thought he was excellent. He reminded me of myself. <laughs> I liked him. <laughs> He played a little bit better than I thought, too. A little bit better than I thought. It was good, man. He was was bespectacled. He talked about lower tier. He talked about Sam Jackson. He said he's not. He's well-dressed. I actually look at I have a couple of bits. I have quite a few. I have a queer. I don't talk about this. I have a big vintage tie collection. So when I look at people wearing 1940s, 1950s, 1960s ties, I have some of those ties that I wear. So uh, I was looking at, looking at Anthony Mackey very closely, and, I, and the way he was acting, and it, it didn't, it didn't uh, hurt that he had, uh, you know, um, being preserved, um, Nia Long. I didn't mm-hmm. see a toe game, but I can imagine. She had a vintage <laughs> car, nice feet, high mathematical, mathematical connotation. It was my kind of movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was kind yeah. of my movie. And then, then he cut Put on the hat. Put it on. <laughs> From the movie. Put on the hat. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. He. Oh. Well, anyway. We'll talk about. It. I love that movie. I, I don't know what Sergio's looking at. Black Moneyball. Black Moneyball. All right. So. Put on the hat. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. We. He didn't want to. But you know, he, he had his. You know. He had to kind of. He figured, he figured it out. He's another one. He's the last of the classic blacks. Yep. Last of the classic. We had to figure it out. Anyway, um, let's go to uh, let's go to Hod Me. I'm giving you new music here. Well, not new to you. This is kind of an old song, actually. Hodney from Sweden, been out of town. And that's what's happening, isn't it? Been out of town. Two minutes. Let's groove. We'll be right back. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
more syrupy groove by way of Sweden. Hogni, Hogni, been out of town. And so have we, of sorts. Well, <laughs> to, according to our listeners, we've been out of town. But we've been here in the epicenter of the COVID-19 crises. Anyway, we're back, live and direct. I'm your host, D-Bert, a.k.a. The Afternoon. Of course, Captain Kirk is here as well. Haven't heard from Daryl, so uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll he mosey on he in at some point. Oh, okay. Well, you know, work. hopefully he's, he's, he's uh, covered he's up. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, some essential folk. Anyway, um, you too can join in, 646-915-9620 to our listening audience, 646-915-9620. Okay, so we were talking about the Matter C.J. Walker story, courtesy of Netflix, and now we have Apple TV's long-awaited The Banker. Now, we spoke about this movie last year, and I was anticipating of the movie then, but there was some controversy connected to it because uh, the gentleman – uh, Mr. Garrett, his uh, daughter, Cynthia Garrett, placed uh, some allegations, some sexual misconduct allegations against her half-brother, who is uh, or was executive production or had named executive production credit on this The Banker story, which is a, a real, a real-life story of – Kind of a, a lesser known story. That's one thing about another thing too. You know, Madam C.J. Walker, and 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 um, we talked about Harriet and those kind of folks. These these are the heavyweights, but they, you have people that are really lesser known. They have phenomenal stories that are just burgeoning and just kind of at the underbelly, ready to be told. So Bernard Garrett is the gentleman I'm referencing who is the the father of Cynthia Garrett and his partner, Joe Morris, Bernard Garrett was played by Anthony Mackie, Joe Morris, kind of a boisterous entrepreneur in LA um, played by Samuel Jackson. He played, I, you know, he, Sam Jackson is the man, so he, he can do boisterous quite well. So anyway, um, what, what essentially happened with these two is uh, again, this is during the, Let's say from the late 30s going into the mid-60s. But the heart of the story takes place in the early 50s to the, to the mid-60s. And um, you see the, the kind of upward trajectory of Bernard Garrett specifically, where you see that he's a young man, um, again, again, coming from, from Jim Crow period, and within that period, as a young person, he had a knack for numbers. I mean, this is some of the mythology, but I wouldn't doubt that a lot of this, is some, most of it is true, some of it, that he's sneaking around. You see him trying to learn or learning about finance from white bankers. You know, he's, a, he's, a, he's shining shoes, which, which was a many young black men did at that time. And he's picking up things. And that's, not, that's another story that, that needs to be told about how black people listened and employed coded language and were quite shrewd in learning things and keeping it to themselves. Um, ah, why can't I think of her name? I'm always referencing, referencing this woman. It'll come to me in a moment, but there's a book that I've referenced a, a thousand times in the show about the uh, slave with the I, former slave with the eidetic memory. And I think it's 
Mary, I'll look it up in a minute. But anyway, um, she was a a Union spy and worked under the Confederacy, and and you know, again highly educated, um, but played dumb as a domestic, garnering secrets for the Union. So some of that was kind of at play, the early underpinnings of Mr. Garrett. So uh, Mr. Garrett moves, uh, where is he from initially? From Texas. From Texas, then moves to California with his wife, with family members. And he already told these family members, these relatives, that he was going to, going to go into real estate. And they looked, they, they, the way he was talking, they looked at him as if he was an extraterrestrial. A black man in the 1950s wanting to own property, and especially owning property that would potentially have whites as tenants. You know, a black owner, white tenant, that dynamic was disturbing to, not, to, his, to his relatives. But he ends up doing that, and that's a true story. I mean, he ends up kind of gaining favor and owning property in California, and then he then he hooks up with the Joe Morris character, who was kind of you know, he was kind of a more loosey goosey. Um, they, they treated him like he was kind of half, you know, you know, nightclubs, he used drink, he smoked. He he was the the, the opposite. Of Mr. Garrett. Garrett was more "quote unquote" stuck in the mud, more into respectability politics, which is the politics I like. So, um, you, those two worked off of each other. I thought that Gar- that Garrett, as portrayed by Mackey, playing it very straight. I mean, physically straight, stoic, and just no nonsense compared to Morris Morris's. A.K.A. Jackson's boisterous nature I thought those two bounced off each other quite well So When those two got hooked up They they decided That he wanted to buy the, The building That housed a bank So they did it in a very circuitous way With getting a white Fop A white Um A white face person that was, you know, who was who was comfortable around black people, but they, but in this case, again, you saw a black person with high level, high intellect, high shrewdness, having to teach a white person on how to be really uh, an upper tier white person. How to kind of they, in a month, they had it, that's how this goes in the story. It might have been longer in real life, but they taught this guy certain things enough for him to be believable. In front of fellow white money men, in order to be able to buy this this building that that housed a bank, so in essence, they got away with becoming the owner of this this, this really I think one time the tallest building in L.A. or something like that, um, and all these white corporate tenants, unknowingly owned by black by having black owners. That was one thing. Then it proceeded to buy a bank or several banks in Texas using the same kind of, you know, the black owners, the, the, the black directors, but the white face. But the white face really, you know, he, you know, he really wasn't that knowledgeable. Anyway, 
I'll leave it at that. I thought it was I thought it was pretty. I thought it was a decent movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly for my purposes. So let's let's go to um, let's go to the, the captain, and then we're going to go to everybody else. Cap, what are your thoughts about the banker? When I saw the banker, I looked at it. First, I wasn't going to watch it at first. I would not have made this deadline. But I said, let me see. Let me go ahead and watch it. I was going to do something else. I was doing something else. Let me go ahead and watch it. The first thing that, that came to my mind when I watched it, I said, you know what? That's what the white man does today. But he lets you run longer. He does the same thing, but it's gonna, you're going to run longer before he reel you back in. Same thing. That's how I felt when I watched it. I thought it was excellent. I thought all the, everything, how it went down, was totally excellent. I thought the, the part where when, when he was dealing things with his first business guy, which was a white man, he was doing that, and then he died, and how his wife acted, I, I loved that. I said, yeah, uh-huh. That's, he's showing the real colors right now, uh-huh. I don't want to do business with you because, yep, uh-huh, yep. I said, yes, this is good, this is good. I thought it was just excellent. I thought it was real good. I'm glad I watched it. Back over to you after that. You know, I happened to, I, I, I couldn't help myself. I actually Googled Nia Long feet. She may be <laughs> in Rihanna territory. So on <laughs> that alone, on that alone, I, I must negate the great city ass Sergio Mims opinion on this because the acting, the black stoic Afro-nerdism as portrayed by Anthony Mackie and uh, Ms. Long's pedicured feet that I'm looking at right now, those, that is a, a mixture, that is an elixir of, elixir of excellence, sir. That's it. You, she cannot be stopped. She cannot be stopped. Anyway, I kid you not. Look at uh, Nia Long feet. Anyway, um, <laughs> what's going to happen? Feet and legs. Feet and legs. Anyway, let's go to the great Sergio Mims. I have yeah, spoken. Well, go ahead. Yeah, you go. well, you know, you know, like, ooh, black men in businesses making business deals. Ooh, yes. we never seen anything like this before. Yes. Ooh. No, nice, look, I need something nice more suit, than that. Suit. They were nice. <laughs> no, but, you know, but, but black people, come on, you got to get, you, you, you have to demand more. Just because you like the image, you have to demand more. I thought this film was routine. It was turgid at times. I thought it went on forever. You know, it's if you're going to make a movie about financial subject matters, you have to make it cinematic. You have to make it interesting. I go back to, like, The Big Short. The Big Short is a movie about a very complex issue, about the collapse, the, 19, the 2008 collapse. And uh, Greg McKay took that subject matter, and he turned it into a funny visual, you know, endlessly fascinating movie about a very complex subject matter. Here in The Banker, which is almost as complex, sometimes the films go deep in the weeds about financial matters, I'm lost. I don't know what they're talking about. And I was like, yeah, and, and then at the end, I'm sorry, at the end, they get defeated. I said, you know, you brought me all the way up here, and then the black man gets defeated at the end by white people because of the stupid white guy and that stupid decision they made. Oh, brother, thanks a lot. And then um, Nia Long, hey, I don't know, she looked matronly, matronly to me. 
you know, I don't know how old she is. She's probably in her 40s. She looked older. Now, I don't know with makeup. Maybe they patted her. But I was like, man, that's Nia Long? Jesus Christ, what happened to her? Mm. You know, I'm sorry. It's sounding <laughs> superficial. But, you know, hey, Halle Berry's older than she is, and Halle Berry's ripped. So I don't know what happened to Nia Long either. She hasn't done anything in a while, and um, I don't know. I, I was really unimpressed with this movie at all. I had a feeling because of the subject matter, I, it would surprise me. I said maybe this could be better than I thought it was going to be. No, the movie turned out to be exactly what I thought it was going to be. Let's bring, I, I bring thought it was... Let's bring in Bison. Come on. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, we all have opinions, so you know I'm, I'm not uh, discounting that. Bison, your impressions of the banker. I enjoyed it. Um, thought Nia Long was fine. She's 49 years old. Um, I really I enjoyed the subject matter. I, I it's something we don't see. We rarely see black people in business up front. That's not, you know, uh, nightclub or a record label or something like that. And this was 50 years ago. And, and their actions may change because I don't know if anybody read the um, scroll at the end. Um, they lost, but they won. They still had the, um, I don't know if we want to give the spoilers, but they still, he negotiated it out. And also what they what they did sort of paved the way for some changes in how bank regulations are done. Um, one thing that the red lining. was surprised Redlining. Mm-hmm. One thing that came out of this, I was sort of poo pooing Apple. I mean, I saw some of the new shows when it first launched, and I was like, uh. But I've been impressed with what I've seen so far with Apple. I mean, some of them, like C, is like, ugh. But if they continue with this sort of subject matter, I may add that to my growing list of streaming services. Um, this is what, I mean, this is, I think, I think sometimes it depends on. Our life journey. You know, what I mean by that is, if you're in business or in banking or finance, if you're black, there's certain ways you have to carry yourself and walk to be one appreciated to the open doors. And I'm gonna say, so I don't want to go too far down the road with this, but if you're black and super smart, in some ways you almost have to hide it to move forward. I mean, I know people now in 2020 who hire white people to go make deals because when you black, when it, when it hits a certain dollar threshold and you black and you walk in the room and you're trying to get um, startup capital or something something along those lines, you're going to get roadblocked. So let's not like act like this is some off thing, but what they did and when they did it was a brilliant thing. I like the writing. I'm not a fan of Mackie because I'm slogging through carbon, off the carbon too, and he just ain't doing it for me. But here he sort of brought something we rarely see. We see a black man who is a family man. He is brilliant. And he went back and helped the community. I know some people say, okay, so what? And you just don't see that in film. That's what I like about it. And I'm not the biggest Anthony Mackie fan anymore. I still remember she hate me. 
you know, it only had one good scene in it, but that's what that's what I remember him. For. Yeah, yeah, we know about and, that. <laughs> but I hope to see more from it, and I didn't see Captain. Excuse me, I didn't see Nick Fury and the Falcon. I saw these characters. I didn't see Sam Jackson. I didn't see Anthony Mackie. I saw the characters. So that, to me, told me they did something right. And that's why I, I enjoyed it. So I hope to see more from that. I hate the backstory with who got this film delayed. And I'm glad it went to Apple quicker, sooner than later. So that's my verdict. Yeah, you know, um, yeah, it's funny too. I mean, just as a as a kind of um, uh, uh, an, an anecdote, that uh, there's three Marvel characters, three Marvel actors in there. Uh, Nicholas Holt played Matt Steiner, and he also played the Beast in the new, you know, the X Men First Class. Those the new, newer, younger X Men. He played the Beast in those movies. So you had the Beast, you had the Falcon, and you had uh, Nick Fury in a movie. So I mean, that didn't that didn't. You know, that didn't leave me, but I, I too did not see those characters. You know, I saw them for what they portrayed, and um, I have to agree with Bison. I thought that uh, j- just just the idea of this story being told, and that Apple as this new versioning format is get another streaming service that's actually giving. You know, we can debate debate this thing, but it really is quality content for a streaming movie. You know, for a, if you have to think about it, I would have liked it for a movie, for my purposes. I, I really liked it that much. But the fact that it was on a streaming, let's say you want to, let's say you know we go on the Sergio side of the fence and we give it more more downgrades. You still have to admit that for a streaming service, this is pretty pretty qu- good quality content that doesn't have black people looking crazy. You know what I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at that. You could really go to the lowest denominator on this. That most content or a lot of content. Has black people looking crazy? Yeah, yeah. That a killer jazz soundtrack. I don't know. I know uh, Bison might have been paying attention to it, but I was digging the jazz music in the background. So the jazz soundtrack, the costuming, um, it didn't look cheap. You know, the old cars. It, it felt like a period piece. I thought. I thought that a lot of there were a lot of things that were favorable. There was some money behind this thing. It, was, it looked pretty legit. You know, the way it was filmed. I I, th- I really enjoyed myself on a, on a lot of different levels. We we can get into the weeds about you know some of the you know the pacing or you know maybe it was a little like uh, Sergio felt it was turgid. Um, when I heard in when I saw in a write up they used the term math nerds like it's a movie for math nerds. Well, math nerds next to black movie, I'm gonna dig that. <laughs> I'm sorry because that's usually not the case. Usually it's drugs, black people. Prostitution, black people, hip hop, pro, uh, hip hop, black people, but math nerds, black people. I want to see more of that. I'm on that. On that. Uh, I will agree with Q Storm. I want to see Thanos getting his ass kicked in space. Black people. We need it. We need that kind of. We need that kind of look every once in a while. I'm just saying. So I, I liked it. I'll say that much, and I would recommend it if people. Maybe maybe it is something that might cause people to look at Apple TV. I mean, they're betting on it, Apple TV, to look, look at it more seriously. I know there's a, a TV series with Octavia Spencer that's on um, Apple TV as well. And I, I actually like that. 
So, I mean, what is the name of that thing? I'll look it up in a minute. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, they, they have a few more shows like this, or a few more projects. I think we're going to have to look at Apple TV far more seriously. I yeah, the name of that. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I said uh, I just wanted to jump in. I know in the previous movie, um, Sergio had a lot of issues with how black men were portrayed, and I can kind of meet him halfway on that. I mean, literally, you not thirty seconds until the you know until some chicanery with black men. Where here you didn't have that. I mean, Samuel Jackson, the character he portrayed, we've all seen in our life. You know, Uncle. Somebody, he's you know you can, he's the kind of guy you know you can have all the degrees in the world. You try to go into business and you're gonna hit a wall. He's the kind of guy didn't go to school, but he got ten or fifteen properties. He's kind of you street smarts to go into business, legitimate or otherwise, and create a mini empire. But he wanted to leave his box. But we've all seen that character at some point in our lives, either within our family or in acquaintance. So that's what sort of did it for me. And I've seen some Anthony Mackie type of characters in my career in business and other they're not as, as uptight, you know, stick wasn't shelled that far up their rear end. But I mean I know some guys who are I mean, my partner business part is literally like that with right now. Really right now, he's looking at this virus as a business opportunity. <laughs> you know, that's how he's why I can see that. And, you know he is literally going through contracts now through FEMA. And that's what we're doing now. Look at if he does a billion contracts out there. Um, I can see it. Chain. And, and, and he literally saying, you know, we got to be on the other side of this, you know, because entrepreneurs are wired differently. And I think, I think too many films show blacks as artists, but you don't see too many as entrepreneurs and business people. Or scientists. And business people and scientists. They are wired differently. Anthony Mackie showed somebody who is wired differently that we don't see enough of. Last place we saw that was probably Hidden Figures, the Taji P. Henson character. Yeah, that's They're true. They're just wired differently. They're wired differently. That's, that's how we react. I mean, we think because they're this way, their personality is this way, and the movie matches their personality. You know, so that that's just my take on it. You know something else, too? Imagine what that means also, um, Bison. You mentioned two people the late Katherine Johnson. I recently purchased a Katherine Johnson teacher. I forgot to put it on uh, on my IG page. But I got a great Katherine Johnson um, uh, T-shirt. And, you know, imagine what that means to have more black people in those kind, those kind of portrayals, what that, how that would translate. I mean, it really means, but it, you, it's, not, it's not coincidental that we see kind of these low frequency, and we have seen for a millennia, a low frequency portrayals of blackness, but when you see higher frequency portrayals of blackness, what does that what does that mean? What does that do to to the ego ecosystem? I'm just wondering. So um, also this is the film just to get some information. Truth be told, I think got a second season. Truth be told is the series that uh, Octavia Spencer is in on Apple TV, and I actually enjoyed that series. She plays. She plays an author, actually. She plays an author slash detective, and there's a little bit of a racial, racial thing there also, where she's trying to save a a white supremacist in jail. So it's a, it, I think uh, 
Sergio, we might have spoken about this. So I think Sergio, I think he was kind of poo-poo on this or kind of. What, what did you think about Truth, Bo- Truth Be Told, Sergio? We, I think we spoke about this. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Sorry. Okay. You might want to check it out. Truth, Bo- Truth Be Told is a series, I think 10-episode series on Apple TV, and I believe they garnered a second season. And the other thing I was mentioning, I forgot to mention this person's name when I talked about uh, black eidetic memory. I'm always mentioning her, and I forgot her. Mary, Mary Bowser. Mary Bowser is, was that union spy. And the book that I bought years ago, and it's still available on Amazon, is called The Secrets of Mary Bowser by Lois Levine. The Secrets of Mary Bowser. I, I would definitely uh, advise our audience to pick that book up. All right, so let's, let's get out of this. Uh, oh, man. Uh, should, I, I guess we got to talk about it. I, I, we failed to discuss hey, babe, this I don't know where you're going. You know, <laughs> I'm not going where this man went, <laughs> not for sure. But we got to talk about it. No. Uh, we do. No. Of the booty? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I wish I had my sound. You know that that African sound effect, the poo poo. Uh, Obama is trying to get the poo poo. Okay, I don't have that. I got to find it. Anyway, so uh, with a heavy heart, I'm talking about that. I said. Oh, we we lost we lost Kenny Rogers the gambler, eighty one years of age. I like Kenny Rogers, although um, we could see he was he was uh, alcohol addled in the face. He had a notorious drinking problem, so I don't know what was going. He said he died of natural causes. I think I think it was a combination of bad plastic surgery and other stuff. But he was he was the talent. So I meant, anytime I mention the death. A death. I always say with a heavy heart. So is it the death of this man's political career? I, I, in my heart, in my heart, I wish it wasn't so. Now I don't have the greatest gaydar. Okay, so I think I do, but sometimes I'm, I, I don't get it. I, I sometimes I'm off. I did not pick up what everybody else is picking up off of this gentleman. Okay, and this, is, this is all this is all alleged. I don't want anybody anybody by suing me and besmirching this man's reputation, whatever. I think he's done that himself. I when I saw this man, well spoken, highly educated, almost almost like the Anthony Mackie character in 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 uh, the Baker. Okay, Obama Part Two, Southern Obama. I didn't get any of the. I just didn't get. I didn't get that kind of flavor from this guy. I, di- I didn't pick up on it. Uh, look, he's a Democratic person. I'm. I'm more moderate Republican, Libertarian, whatever. Maybe even Blue Dog Democrat. I mean, you can throw that at me. Blue Dog Democrat, a conservative Democrat. There's such a thing. I like the way. I like the way this guy came out. Well, politically. Okay. The way, the way, the way that he, the way, the way that he presented himself. He had family, children. He was he was inches away from the gubernatorial position in Florida. Okay, president. I mean, president. The uh, mayor of Tallahassee. I thought that when you see he's only forty, so you know in his late twenties, this guy you could see his trajectory. He went to the Obama school of what we thought to be 
a kind of up black elite. All right. So a few weeks ago, you know, we're dealing with we're battling COVID, and we didn't we heard about this, and you know, I, we were chomping at the bit to get into this thing, and it just it just hit me like here we go again. Now I had some folks, and this is where Q Storm's usually here to, to kind of uh, su- support and present the other side or whatever. No shade toward him, but he's a, he's more he's more um, liberal in explaining this stuff. I just go by what I see, and I saw the picture. So what am I getting 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 at? I th- I think maybe <laughs> may maybe um. In, in his mind's eye, Andrew Gillum is more more hopeful of this COVID than anybody else. This maybe this COVID nineteen took his story off the map. Maybe I don't know. But again, I told you this gentleman's history, and in one night of mayhem, <laughs> we had to look <laughs> of of of, of bloody. Fecal mayhem. We 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 don't we don't know know him differently. So what am I saying? Um, I didn't even bother to get a, an audio clip of this thing. I didn't, I just couldn't do it. I tried I, Sergio. I tried to get um to, between Tommy Sotomayor and Tariq Nasheed, it would have blown up the circuits on this show. I couldn't stop laughing at the how they were doing this. They were singing. And just, they, they were just going. They were just going in. As did, as did uh, Mayor Mayor Gillum at some level. He went in. So <laughs> anyway, we have this we have this picturesque version of this man, and then we find out that he gets caught up in some kind of meth meth addled uh, gay. Potentially or possibly gay twist, and look, I'm going to do a Seinfeld thing. Not that there's anything wrong with people's alternative decisions, alternative lives. Okay. However, I have an issue when you don't present that to to the public. I thought you were a stand on your square Democrat with a family making money moves. I use use that word again. Maybe maybe uh, Cardi B. I didn't see her feet. Maybe I will have to make some. I have to make some uh, appeals to Cardi B. Maybe she's on to something. You were making money moves, Mayor Gillum. Now we find you naked <laughs> and uh, naked and, and 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 drunk and all kinds of of, of matter in your hotel room. A, a, a gay porn star slash prostitute. Three men. Some some nakedness, some meth, and now you have to go to rehab for alcohol. You're not, you're not a meth head allegedly. So I'm gonna go around the horn. I'm gonna I, you know this is why I would go to Houston first because he's a he's a staunch Democrat. I, I see the Democrat platforms. Roly Poly Martin, Roly Poly Martin was was making it seem like ah oh, this is nothing here. Like what did James Brown say? Nothing going on. <laughs> nothing going on. Everybody's keeping it. The Democrats are keeping it real light. Like this is nothing to see here. No, we see fecal matter and meth pills and and, and blood. We see something here. 
this is a mess. This man's career. He's not. He's not like my go-to person, um, Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Now, Adam Clayton Powell Jr. might have been in a similar circumstance, but it would have been two women in there. <laughs> and, okay, and he would and he would have got reelected for the f- fourth time. They would have. They would have. He would have had even better numbers pre pre dalliance versus post dalliance. That's how. That's how that man got down. But that's my go-to person, mock deck wearing, straight-haired Negro. I like Adam Clayton Power Jr. One of my idols. This is not Adam Clayton Power Jr. This is something else. So let's let's go to Bison here. What are your thoughts about this this situation? I know you don't, you, you want to keep it on COVID, but we got to keep it light. How much time we have? We got eighteen minutes. I know a lot of people went to Florida A&M. I met some people who know him. Nothing came out about that. And, you know, doing his run. Um, <clears throat> at the end of the day, he made, you know, he made some bad choices. But this is the thing. Are you Democrat, Bison? Are you Democrat, Bison? You sound kind of democrat uh, no. Bad choices. I'm a, no, just, just hear me out. I'm going by the sites that reported it at first. It first came out from Candace on. So okay. right there, that dumb bitch. You know, so you know where she comes from. So, but at the end of the day, you you know, it's nothing you can say. But I'm never going to say never with political comebacks. Look, I live in a city with Marion Barry who made mm. multiple comebacks. So I'm never going to say a black a black politician can't come from a certain place. All you got to do is say Jesus and, and, and say you want redemption. And I'll stop there for time and let other people well, speak. Let me say this. Just quickly what you just said, though. We cannot compare um, uh, uh, the state of Florida or even Tallahassee to 1980s Chocolate City. Um, you, you, look, I, I, I heard about alleged um, crack usage about Marion Barry from New York. Like some of that stuff was leaking out before it actually before it actually like actually happened. We heard stories even up north about what was going on by your way. So when it when it when it actually when you saw the videotape, it was it was rather shocking and and again, uh he had an all black or mostly black um base to save him, famously. This is a totally different thing. This is this isn't quote unquote the bitch set me up. This is something now, I'm else. Telling, I'm, t- I'm telling on myself right here. Look, I've been in strip clubs. Marion Barry was in strip clubs, oh. putting dollar bills <laughs> and bitches and women's cracks while he was mayor. I can say that since he did go. So we saw that. That ain't you know we saw him around. I'm just con. You know, and this is the age of social media where side pieces can't shut up and would get on Instagram or whatever and dime you out. And I'm just saying, with all the social media, with all this, he he still kept a download profile. And while he was running, this didn't come out. That's my only thing. 
He kept it that down low. Nobody knew. It just smells. It looks, you know, it doesn't quite jab. I'll, I'll yeah, it definitely, it definitely smells bad. Anyway, anyway, uh, so what are you smelling there, Sergio, Mr. Mims? Look, I'm going to try to do this like uh, Roly Poly Martin. If you see that, you see that, that's old, folks. Look, the guy is pictured naked on the ground. You see a naked white foot in the shop. Of, of, the, of the guy taking the picture, he's passed out, buck naked, and the, na- oh. the white foot is naked. Oh, you know, and Tariq had all the pictures. Tariq had the pictures of the guy. You know, the Instagram page where he's showing his ass, and then the, the new photos and the sheets. And oh God, oh Lord. You know, you know, politicians. A lot of politicians are good at hiding. What's the guy? who was the governor of Florida, uh, Charlie Crist, you know, who was a Republican until he fell in with the Republican Party because he became friendly with Obama. There have been stories about him for years that he was gay and would frequent certain gay bars in Florida. So maybe it's a Florida thing. The New Jersey governor. The the New Jersey governor had something. He was married to a wife. Now he's uh, with a guy or something. I I forgot that guy's name. Oh, yeah, right. I forgot his name. Right. So, You're making me remember look, these things now. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to have to leave soon because my phone is dying. You can hear those beep, 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 beeps. So uh, at least I hear them. So, um, you know, it's sad. It is a sad story. You know, he had a lot of potential. At one time, he was supposedly being considered as a possible vice presidential running mate with Joe Biden. Not anymore. And now also after Joe Biden has said he's going to pick a woman. But he was on the list. A lot of people were considering him. He had a lot going for him. Um, and, and this whole thing like, I'm going to have rehab, you know, that's a lame excuse, right? So his excuse is that, boy, was I drunk last night. I can't remember what I did. Uh, um, the thing I feel sorry about, is, of course, his wife and kids. You know, there is speculation. This must be a shock to her. Or did she know? All this time, um, we don't know that story. But uh, it's in, he's not coming back from this. And you're right. Florida is not what Washington, D.C. was 30 years ago. Sergio, um, listen, so let me say this before your phone conks out on you. If, right. you, see a picture, if you see a picture of AfroNerd <laughs> disrobed on a bed with a bottle of Corona, cornbread, cocoa butter, and a, a, a well manicured foot like Rihanna with the same skin tone don't hold it against me. <laughs> but it's not gonna no. be like that Andrew Burnham person. It's not. It's not now no. let me say this quickly. People on Twitter were trying to make this like, well this is a lifestyle lifestyle thing. No, this is worse than that. If this man, quote unquote, as they say, lived his truth from the beginning, I think it would have been what it was. But to present right. something a hundred and eighty degrees different than what you. I mean, it's just, it's like a, absurd. Like he's like a, com, a complete liar to his family and to the public, and now trying to to couch like quote unquote gay culture with a threesome with a porn star and meth and meth. That, that's not. Come on now. now this, this, so this is the, way beyond. The other thing I've heard. The other thing I've heard is that it was a setup. 
So, okay, so they drugged him, they kidnapped him, drugged him, took him to a hotel room. And they took off his clothes, and they fools, and they put a bottle on him, and they took a picture of him, and they tried to set him up. Yeah, right. I mean, when you when they talked about, like, the bodily fluids and stuff, I'm like, okay, this is this is... Average person is not going to be able to handle that. I couldn't handle it. it, sh- it I shut down off of this. I was like, okay, this this hey, person. Has he been so... tested for the coronavirus? <laughs> he needs to be. He, he needs to be tested for a lot of other things too. So anyway, he needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I have to go. This phone is dying on me. I'll, t- I'll see All you guys right. later. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh. What is, did, did we hear anything from from um, from Captain on this? When we go into these type of rants, I don't. I, I have a tendency to back out. <laughs> Let's say that. <laughs> it, it's not, not, if only Gillum had backed out, he would have. <laughs> he would have been in a different position. All right, look, we got about ten minutes remaining, so let, let let's go into this. This is kind of on the same tip, I think. Um. I don't know what to think about this. We're all we're comic book heads, especially myself and 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 Bison and even and even Captain and our listening audience most certainly. Um, this is probably a divided thing. Maybe it's not. I think even people who would consider consider themselves to be woke might consider this next story to be insulting. So what am I talking about? As, as longtime listeners know, I mean this show's called Afro Nerd for a reason. We talk about pulp and pop, comic books. And, and, and comic book movies and so forth. So Marvel, in their effort to be more, as they would say, woke or more in tune to the current audience, um, they have new characters coming out from a book that's being re- revised for the umpteenth time. It, it, you know, one thing about Marvel and DC and all these comic book companies is they constantly reboot these series. So a series from the 90s that was quite, I don't know if it was even the, the most popular, but it was somewhat popular, New Warriors, young Superheroes, Marvel superheroes. They've rebooted this thing with a complete different set of characters that are so now. But to me, I think it's more about virtue signaling. One character is called Snowflake, and I think like the, the partner character, like Batman Robin, you have Snowflake and Safe Space. Now, from what I, it seems like these, it seems like these characters. It seems like these characters are actually going to be serious characters, but their their costuming looks crazy. It's so on the nose. <laughs> you know, um, words like non-binary come up. I mean, we're really full full woke mode. All of the um, the new names we all have to learn are in the in this particular. Iteration of New Warriors, and um, no, I think I think look, Snowflake was used as a pejorative for millennials. That you yep. know, anytime millennials and Generation Z, Y and Z, that anytime what what I spoke about earlier in the show, this whole thing of not being able to have a conversation if I don't agree, if you don't agree with them, if if I just have a different way of looking at things then you're going to be canceled, the whole cancel culture. I mean, literally where, where we are now in social media, 
Snowflake has been used as a pejorative about folks, like a snowflake is like a flimsy thing, you know, snowflake, uh, that you can't handle criticism, you can't handle life. So the way that the snowflake character is being positioned is that, well, he's taking the word snowflake as a badge of honor. The way the N-word, and even that, I think, is, the, is a disaster. But some people choose to look at the N-word to get a source of strength, even though the N-word is a pejorative. Well, this superhero, allegedly, has taken the term snowflake as, as a way to be not a snowflake, but is wearing blue. And that character is kind of a diminutive female, a coded female. See how I have to, how I have to word this? The character is coded female. However, they would describe themselves, at least the mythology is that that character is non-binary. So uh, from my understanding, non-binary means that they don't really ascribe to a specific gender. So that's the snowflake character. Safe space, not necessarily a pejorative. But I even have talked about the safe, the safe space phenomena. Um, this character is uh, supposed to the, – the, the, the creator is saying that he, he is a kind of a regular jock, kind of a muscular dude, but he's wearing like a pink go-go outfit. Like both of them are wearing go-go outfits <laughs> with low, low like Caesar haircuts that are colored in their costume color. So you have one, and both of these, by the way, are men and women of color. They're black people. So when people come to me and say, you're wrong for thinking about social engineering, and that there's, a, there's an issue with, with promoting a certain life with a black face on it, this, the tally keeps on moving up. The points are more in my favor into how I, how I am seeing things. So... Um, Bison, did you hear about this snowflake? There's other characters, too, that are also of the same kind of thing, same kind of millennial brand. Anybody buying this stuff? I don't see these people in a comic store. Well, no one's in a comic store right now. <laughs> but Before I answer, I'm going to say this has um, Afro Nerd Show and Associated um, Affiliates have no nothing on what – Bicycle Life is about to say. Okay. This is the dumbest, gayest bullshit I've ever seen in a long time. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is so idiotic. I don't know. It's almost like a parody. It's literally like the, it's just like giving the comic gay people ammunition. This is like the worst of everything the SJW, and you can just go down that rabbit hole. I don't know what they're trying to be here for. You know, this is what it looks like. Somebody looked on Twitter for about 15 minutes and said, well, let me get some names and characters, and this is what they came up with. I mean, it's beyond insulting. My only, The only good thing that's going to come out of it, it may be, I hate to use this analogy, I was going to say smothered in the crib, but that's not right to say. This will be DOA because of the current situation with Diamond. I hope this never sees the light of day or just does one issue and just goes away. It's it's insulting. It's embarrassing. It's pathetic. It's disgusting. And I just, you know, we can only go up from here. 
let me say also <laughs> again, you know, sort of the other character names, um, Screen Time, who's like a you know the superpowers like he's permanently grafted to the internet. I mean like inter- some term the term internet gas bison. Like it's one thing to talk about. I mean talk about how goofy this stuff. We could talk about sure gamma radiation, um, you know, a, a cosmic rays. I mean we we could say that stuff is goofy, but they, but cosmic radiation. And gamma radiation exists in real life. Matter of fact, because of those things, you had to look them up. A lot of things that uh, Jack Jack Kirby and and Stan Lee created, it wasn't complete nonsense. You you did have to look up the notion of of uh, of, of of these of these of, radi- of these kind of radiations existing. Time travel. You know, you, you had to look at these things up. Internet gas is what caused screen time to get – Internet gas is like an obese person in front of a flat screen passing – being flatulent. That's what internet gas is. This is. Screen time gets internet gas. That's his superpower. Snowflake, safe space. B, negative. Trailblazer. Trailblazer is a morbidly obese girl. You know, again – the whole premise of comic books was about modeling. What the, the caller from Upstate talked about. This this deconstructs. This this makes this makes this makes superheroes mediocre. The, the superhero well, the superheroes are kind of a dub, the superheroes kind of dovetail off of Greco-Roman mythology, right? You can even throw in Nigerian mythology if if you want. They they they're not supposed to be regular people. So now we got we have Lizzo with a backpack, and she has superpowers. All right, go ahead, um, Bison. <laughs> Just you know the dovetail on this. Um, I don't know if you've been reading Philadelphia. I know it. I know. Four. I got to get it. I know of it. So, um, what we're talking about, um, audience, is admiration. There's some really good books that are out with. Um, not only blacks and you know as the characters, but as creators. So this is a something. This was something came out of a bad Marvel business meeting. I don't know where it was in the pipeline. That this is even seeing the light of day. I mean, I literally, it's so bad. It's almost like you want to just do a boycott or something like. You know, Marvel. If you if you go to press with this, we won't buy any of your books no more. This is just it's sad. It's just so. I mean, it's as bad as like Kite Man, and I mean, at least some of those bad characters back in the day. It was so goofy and dumb. This is just insulting, and and this is another thing. I'm gonna just end with this. Why is it getting to the point? And this is just me. This is not Afroner, so hit me because I only got like ten followers on Twitter. Why does every black character has to come from the alphabet soup? Wow! <laughs> and I'll well, stop you know what? There. We we got we got a few seconds left. I was, we're going to revisit this uh, our next show. Um, I'll just say this: uh, Look, they could have touched on some of this, some of the phenomena, Bison, but be more subtle about it. Where it's not so on the nose. It's so on the nose. Like you got, if you're going to look, I don't understand. I don't understand some of what's happening now. Okay, I just don't. But um, if you're going to be respectful to these groups of people that want to be heard, 
I would think you would want to be more respectful for them and make things more subtle, maybe where people can understand these people better. But to be so on the nose, you know, so it's like it's virtue signaling. It's like here, look at look at what we're doing. You know, look look at this. The uh, trailblazer is this, this morbidly obese, and when you read her bio, it says she's a group she's a group home and foster kid who is volunteering at a senior center when this mysterious threat shows up and Night Thrasher runs to the rescue. And because she helps him, she ends up in the crosshairs, blah, blah, blah. She's got some magic backpack. I mean, this is just, I mean, really? You know, you, Batman makes you want to work out, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, in real time. They, you know, you don't have to do anything. You're already special. It's time to go. On that note, uh, it's been a pleasure. We'll be back. We, we're going to tolerate blog talk as, as, as best as we can. But we are making a transition. And, uh, folks, be safe. Don't try to circumvent what we know to be prudent behavior. That means that you wash your hands, don't touch your face, stay indoors, and let's see if we can get over the hump so we can get back to work. I'm just saying. Anyway. This is uh, Shura, Ivy Soul, Elevator Grift. Elevator Grift. No, Elevator Girl. Sorry, Elevator Girl. We'll be back, uh, I guess, what is it, Captain, Wednesday or Sunday? Maybe Sunday, right? Come back Wednesday. No, no, come Wednesday. back Wednesday. Do it short one Wednesday. Just do it short. All right. This is long uh, as hell. <laughs> Shura, Ivy Soul, Elevator Girl. It's been real.
one gin and tonic too many Or maybe you just had plenty of reason to tempt me Asking if I dip to swim your current Is it me or did the tide shift? Drowning in your eyes through Room key in my palm Anxiety make my mind trip 22nd floor, second room on the left Now I'm past your door You laying wait to caress All we needed was a swing of the hips Some wings and some lips Couple touches of a button Won't you give me your lips? Baby, 